Good morning, everybody. What is going on? I know this is very unexpected, but shit happens. I forgot the plan. But um, anyways, um, episode 83 of the South Florida Gamers podcast. You already know who I am. So we're back Senpai. Across the table from me is my co-host, Waluigi. Morning, Weebs. How's it going? Good, good. And we are back with three returning guests. We were supposed to have a fourth one, but um, I'm not going to say his name, but he ducked last minute because I, I literally told him about it last night. He's like, okay, cool. And then I was like, yo, where you at? Oh, he ain't going to make it. So I'm not going to say who he is, but um, he used to be South Florida, but he moved to Central Florida, and he used to, he used to be a Lucas main. So I, I'm not going to you know say his name, but y'all know We, we have enough David. Dominator goes crazy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ducking gamer, kind of. All right. Yeah. So reintroduce yourself. Re, reintroduce yourselves, guys. Uh, I'm Jeff, known as Aerodusk Online. I'm David, known as Sabric online and offline. I've been playing Smash Brothers for 20 years. Uh, I'm Anthony. They know me as Choco Taco. They call me Choco for short. And I've been playing for about uh, six years. Nice. All right. yeah, Smash 4. Yeah, two years. Yeah, six, seven years, actually. Oh, my God. I'm old. Time <laughs> does go by quick. Oh, yeah, definitely. So... The purpose of this podcast and the purpose I brought these guys back is to have a discussion with them about um, the competitive aspect of Smash. And now that Smash Ultimate has been out since uh, 2018, it's got some years on its uh, on on itself right now. And the question, and you know, I have a couple of topics I really want to discuss with you three, and you know, just get your point of view on it. And then, of course, if anyone in the chat also wants to ask us a couple of questions or whatnot about said you know topics, then we'll answer them. So the first one I'm going to go ahead and straight off the bat and ask is, is Smash Ultimate on a competitive scale dying? Who wants to start off with that one? You're looking at me. I mean, I could go in. Go for it. Give us that competitor POV. Um. So when it comes to Smash Ultimate, if it's dying or not, I don't think it's dying. I think the scene is, the scene is kind of at least for Ultimate, it's kind of on its like, not as on its not on its last legs, but it's kind of at the end of the life cycle of the game. We know that eventually a new game is coming, and with talks of a new Switch system coming out or a new system from Nintendo coming out, we know that a new Smash will come at that point. So we're kind of at the point where. Because there's no more patches in the game, the game is kind of at a... The meta game is not really drastically changing anymore. Um, we're, seeing a lot of the, we're seeing a lot of repeat people. We're seeing new people come up here and there, but it's a lot of the same people kind of dominating the game. And I think that this doesn't mean that the game is dying, but some people are getting turned off, but there's also a lot of people who are also getting back in. It's, it's a little bit weird to say. Um, I also think with because there's no patches, and the way that how strong DLC pack two is with the game, I think that it's turning a lot of players off, a lot of players. Um, <clears throat> so I, I don't disagree, but I think that there's, I think we have to think about what we're comparing dead or alive to. Right. Beach volleyball. Um, like, like, okay, if you compare it to, like, literally Ultimate Start or, like, the first two years of Ultimate, yeah, mm -hmm. no, it, the, the meta is definitely not brand new and, and 
our scene probably is smaller than it was when it started, mm -hmm. uh, maybe in terms of like sheer numbers, but smaller by like maybe like 15, 20%, at, I think. At worst, because when I go to, I was just at Gamo, I was at SmashCon, like there were thousands of people at both things. Yeah. Uh, uh, pretty equal support I could see from like Melee and Ultimate um, on like numbers and things like that. And then in terms of like meta, it's like, okay, yeah, DLC pack two, but then you have Neo's Corrin, you have Tweaks, Diddy Kong, Gluttony's Wario, Spargo's Cloud, and it's just like Flight's Fox. It's like, I don't know that DLC pack two is really overrunning like the top 10, 15 PGRs as much. Well, it's not so much that they're running, it's overrunning the the, the meta game because they're not. There's not like a, like a DLC pack two that's like, like they're not like it's not like they're definitely dumber it, characters. They're, than the rest they're of the very game. strong. Yeah, it's not like Smash Four where like Bayonetta like definitely down. hurt the meta game yeah. all throughout. I think it the strengths of some of these characters have turned a lot of like longtime players off and have turned some people away. This doesn't mean that they're killing the game. No, because obviously, as you said, as time goes on, people are going to leave the game naturally. Uh, but I think that that is something that a lot of people do talk about and it's a constant discussion within the community about oh um what is better for the longevity of the game itself i do think we would have had a much different story or at least not di much different but like a, a better story if covid didn't happen like i think like a like just offline would have been like dude the last tournament the last two tournaments before covid hit were frostbite which was probably like it's like a fever dream at this point. Yeah, right. But it was such a grand time and such a fun oh, time. I missed that event. And then Dreamland. Uh, Let's make big C moves. CEO Dreamland was the last big one. Dreamland was. No, CEO Dreamland was the literal. No, that was the literal last one, but that was just like a major. Like, Frostbite let's make big moves. The, the week before. It was Frostbite. in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like big moves was stacked. Then it was Frostbite, and then Dreamland was kind of whatever. But like. It was Florida, so yeah. Was, for us, it was nice to have a last go. Oh wow. Um, but then the other thing that that actually really did heavily impact that maybe we don't realize is like the balance of the game. Mm -hmm. Like, like Steve was literally drafted and made during like COVID time. Right. And all the developers were at home, all the testers were at home and it was a whole different thing. Yeah. We might've had them even more balanced, like fighters past two, like Sora might've been a little bit more well-rounded. I don't know. I don't know what would have been different mm. other than like slight damage nerfs or whatever, but like I think that had a huge uh, curveball on the trajectory of the, the community in the game. Yeah, I, I agree on that. It's hard to say because at, that, at this point it's pure speculation. We, yeah. can't, we can't assume. But, um, but I guess if you're, if you're asking in the literal sense if the, if the game is dying, well, no, I wouldn't say it's dying. Um, as David said, he, he, as David said, like, we are still having record-breaking tournaments. SmashCon was definitely... Fourth it, biggest ever. It was like the fourth, yeah. Mm -hmm. Second to only one of the other SmashCons and two Evos. Yeah, and like there's, still people, there's still a lot of people. I think a good thing about the game is it's actually been a little bit more international, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. It's more, like more uh, interactivity between yeah. countries. I think it was my summa of earlier this year. We had like multiple top players from the U.S. spend like a week or two in Japan, and oh, wow. they were, 
And a common thing that happens with like international players is, oh, they come to the U.S., but then they're only here for like two, three days, so they have to go through jet lag, and they, and they usually don't perform. Mm -hmm. Well, now we went over there, and we didn't just go for the one or two, three days. No, we went there for two weeks, so we adjusted to the time. We have no excuse. And we got destroyed. Clapped. We got farmed. Oh, Some of us, smokes. yeah, all those players that came, like went there, came back, and they were all like, we learned, we learned the truth. We are nowhere near as good as what we thought we were. And I think that was the first, I, I think Wally, I think that was one of the most important events for us to have because it's finally given people the idea of like, the next step for Smash competitive, competitively is not just being a US centered game. It's being like, we gotta go to Japan, we gotta go to Europe. We just we had Terra this last weekend. Terra was literally, just happened, ended yesterday, where we had a whole bunch of US players go out to France. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, um, so I think that's like a really good big step for the game. And while we may not see the huge numbers in this game, I think going forward for whatever the next game is, I think that will kind of like make a difference and then make an impact in the next game going forward. Yeah, from an organizer POV, I definitely would not say it's dying. You know, someone who talks to everyone in the back end, works all these different events, travels and whatever, like we've definitely seen our best numbers consistently. Maybe not like the peaks we had at certain Smash Cons Evos, but like consistently everyone's been having like their best year, like near around it. Um, there's tons of people getting in the game as far as like metagame goes. Sure, it's not like necessarily shifting, but there's still these new characters. And I think like 70 characters in that cast are still unexplored to their top potential. And we're slowly seeing them come up with, you know, in the last year, Sky J with Incineroar, we're finally proving that characters got stuff. Nao with Corrin, Lee with Corrin, you know. Um, and I still think there's so many more that are just untapped to where even if the metagame doesn't shift because of it, we will see new faces. We will continue to see it grow with these consistent numbers. Um, international travel, we'll see new matchups we haven't seen before. Like, I think there's still a lot of ultimate to be played, even if there isn't another game. I think the biggest struggle, and I don't know if this is true for all regions, <clears throat> but I think we might feel this more on a local level. Mm -hmm. And not to say it's dying on a local mm -hmm. level, but I do think compared to national, I think if you had to pick one of them, it's probably hit more. I agree, um, yeah. But I think part of the reason is not because of the meta or anything like that, but like there's just, this is my like very real opinion. Uh, it's probably not gonna be that shocking, but like, I think there's just an oversaturation of events, at least in South Florida. 100%. Yeah. Like we had a monthly yes yesterday. I didn't sleep. So we had a monthly two days ago <laughs> uh, here. And um, uh, you know, Flynn's were, were converting to just be a monthly once a month, which I, I personally love. Um, and we had like, 28, 26 people or something like that, which like is like a fair amount. That's like a normal local at this point. Mm -hmm. But we definitely could have had 50 or 60, but we had Gamers Heaven on Thursday and then Furia on Friday. Not Furia. Rock on Friday. Rock on Friday. Right. And then Furia. The on day Friday. after. So when you have, you have half of our region is in South Miami and they just had come up on Thursday for a local. Mm -hmm. which is the, our biggest local. Right. What did you get, like 50? 50 something, yeah. yeah. So you had 50 people just on Thursday. And then on the very next day, Friday, the South Miami people had their, their local one, local, yeah. Also yeah. probably like 40, 50 people. Yep. And then the next day was like, okay, if they have to look at Flynn's, no offense, not even comparing venues, but like yeah. just like their location. Like, 
uh, oh, do I drive up again to Flynn's where I was just at Gamer 7 on two days, yesterday, two days ago? Or do I go and ha- take a day off and focus on Fury? Monthly, With the pop bonus, it's free to enter. My house. Like, yeah. There's just like a chunk of players that because of the, the constant back to back to back to back, like unfun stuff is tonight. I'm not going. Like, I, I need to be a to fifth ex- tournament in a row. To exist like yeah. a little yeah. bit and like get diamond in TFT. But like priorities. But like, but like for real, like, and, and it's, but the thing is like, it's like a mental suck, mm. but it's also a, like a, a financial suck if you're not winning or have yes. like a full-time career mm-hmm. going on. So like mm-hmm. you, like there's like probably a handful of players cause we're dealing with mostly high school and like early college uh, level uh, aged kids um, that, you know, they have to pick and choose like, oh, I have a budget I, or even if you have a career, mm-hmm. you have a budget of time. Like you have like, yeah limited resources so you're only going to be able to go to so many locals and then even if you are going to all of them or can go to all of them it doesn't mean you should go to all of them right. like it's not healthy to be like banging your head against the wall again unless you're a dominator and it's like oh free paycheck i mean uh, i can clearly say from personal experience like this week i went to four i went to the four tournaments in a row oh, oh my goodness but i i think it's not it's not something i recommend i don't compete like that normally but um i do one i do try to make i do like the money that i make from from the events so um i do have financial gain but also there is i have a huge drive right now to like grind and compete and study the game and i'm constantly thinking about the game like mentally so like there's just like a hunger for improvement so i'm willing to do that but that aside it's not it's not good to be doing Four tournaments in a row. I I usually go to unfun stuff because it's the closest local to me. I am not going today. Uh, I am not going today. Um, I even I'm even on the fence if I want to go to Gamers Heaven this week mm-hmm. to compete because I am. It's a lot. Um, it's, a, it's a lot to yeah. go you to. You need to digest your losses, like your, even your wins. You get you gotta like. You ha- there has to be a level of like reinforcing what you've tried to learn and it's not always going to come through like by sheer just matches. attacking the wall over right. and over Absolutely. and over yeah no, that's definitely true like some people commonly say it's a fear of missing out or a fomo for short mm-hmm. especially when it's down the street yeah and literally. you see like 30 people popping up or just have, hanging out and you're like oh, I, I, I wouldn't e- i would even recommend going to the venue if you really have nothing else to do and you want to take the break still go to the venue but don't enter yeah like, i tell people to do it all the time at gamers heaven you see it yeah. there's always people popping up that you, you haven't seen in a while it's because like, i reach out to people or they reach out to me saying like oh i'm kind of on the fence about the local just letting you know i might be late show up whatever and i'm just like why don't you just pull up and not enter and they're like but why and i'm like just to hang out just to see friends like vibe like sure it's the biggest local whatever i don't care just like it'd be cool to see you Come hang out yeah. yeah commentator just yeah. talk to people and that's how we get so many people on a consistent basis is like i just bring in faces they don't necessarily compete some people want to see those faces and maybe they want to compete and just i'm just trying to bring you know lots of crowds in um as far as oversaturation that's definitely i think you were in that meeting that was like a thing we talked about beginning of this year with the south florida panel yeah i argued heavily against oversaturation in making every single event ranked everything's got to count because then i i was like in my experience that that would just cause you know someone's going to want to make a local every day to get their clout or you know do their thing try to help the community but once you have an event every day, it ends up hurting the community. That's exactly what happened. We made every event lo- uh, ranked in January, 
And then we had an event pop up every single day by February. And then by like May-ish, half those events died because everyone was too spread thin and burnt out from trying to attend everything to get their points. Yeah. And at this current time, like we haven't rediscussed it, but that is something I'll probably bring up to go back to the old way of you have to hit a certain amount of entrance, consistency, et cetera, to be ranked because otherwise we're just forcing people to go to everything so that they can get points and feel like they're yeah, trying, that, you know? The problem It should be for fun locals. <clears throat> like, like, it doesn't all need to be for ranking. The, pro the problem when you have everything as being, like, ranked is, like, the, a lot of people don't have, like, self-control. Yeah. For some, for some, mm -hmm. and, then, and, and then, okay, you can, you said FOMO on a social aspect. Mm -hmm. How about FOMO on a, I got to keep up with my ranking. I got to keep up yeah. with where I believe I deserve. Mm -hmm. And, oh, Mm -hmm. The players that are like right around me that are gunning for a higher spot, they're going to these things, and I didn't like they're in the bracket. I could see it, like I, I better show up. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of like extra pressure, and when that's happening, people don't take those implications into account. They're just like you know, oh, it's good for the scene. It's more events, but like it's not that black and white. There's a lot more that goes into it that definitely hurts the players, the organizers, and the venues by having everything count just by default. Think, think about every position in running a tournament or mm -hmm. having a tournament between the players and commentary, like at every given point, people can get burnout. Exactly. It's a, it's super funny because I've said this in the past, but this is the exact problem we had in Smash 4 mm -hmm. by the end of the life cycle. Because there was a time in Smash 4 where we only had like one or two locals happening mm -hmm. and people were complaining, we have no locals, we have no locals. But then it came to a point when we had a local every single day of the week and we were like, there are too many locals. Mm -hmm. People are favor, as you said, people are going to favor going to their one. Local yeah, whatever. Local, and people are not going to go to the other locals. So, oh, we, we had two locals, but we would get like fifty-ish, sixty entrants mm -hmm. in each of these locals. But once we had a local every week, sure, we had more opportunities. But now every local is getting twenty. 25 maybe maybe 30 on a good day maybe less than 20 mm -hmm. and it's just like it's not really benefit it's not really benefiting us it's good to have more options but it's also like you don't want to have too many mm -hmm. options. it's a double-edged sword yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. you have those options and not all of them are ranked though i think that's the nice happy balance where it's like some days like let's say just for example like if monday tuesday wednesday there were good locals that just weren't ranked those could just be your practice days beginning of the week i want to grind this time let me hop to one or two of those get some practice in try a secondary mess around try a new play style if i go to whatever just you know opportunities for people to practice without having to necessarily plan like a grind fest go to someone's house you know people want like public access to easy things just to mm -hmm. experiment mm -hmm. it's one of the reasons why and by the way if anyone was playing the when will Sabrick mentioned Tear Breakers game at home, eight minutes, good job. Um, I don't actually know how long it's been, but uh, but uh, yeah, that is one of the things that I, I did like or do like about like what Tear Breakers offers is like you get this season, like you said, mm -hmm. and it's like, yes, even if you are living in a region where everything does count for PR mm -hmm. or whatever the things are, Tear Breakers saying, hey, this one this week counts. Mm -hmm. This one this week counts yeah. for Tear Breakers. It's like, oh, if anyone that's at least in Tear Breakers would then have an idea of which one matters the most that week to focus on. So if they can only go to two, mm -hmm. they know we know one of them is this one, and then they can like plan around with exactly. the other one they want to do. So People really helps. appreciate even the weekend stuff we did. Gamers having like the crew battles, yeah. the, like mid-set coaching round robin stuff, just like yeah. a day to practice in a public space singles. with everyone that wasn't singles. Right. Well, it could have been singles, but I think the thing they most cared about is that it wasn't ranked. They could just try it. 
right. secondaries, yeah. et cetera. Like that's where Nitty was trying Sheik for a bit. And yeah. yeah, it was crusty and it failed, but he got a chance to just try it. No repercussions, you know, nothing like that. Yeah. It's important. I wish, I, and I also, I feel like with a little bit less events, mm-hmm. there'd also be, with a little bit less events, there'll be more opportunity for people to grind. More people, more opportunities for people to want to get better. And I feel like with more stack, there'll be more stack tournaments. Mm-hmm. With more stack tournaments, there's just an overall higher drive to compete. Right. Uh, a higher drive to compete. I really, I think what I want to see South Florida ha- happen for South Florida next is the push to travel more. South Florida is very comfortable within the local scheme. Yep. We see each other every we see each other every day and stuff like that. But for competing in Smash, you have to I, travel. You have yeah. to travel. I'm saying this as somebody like I've been on, like I've been on this journey of trying to go to becoming a top player and stuff like that. And I've done the whole, I've done the a local theme that goes every day. I've done, but I've also had the like I had there was a year or two where I was going to a turn traveling to a tournament every month, mm-hmm. and I will tell you, nothing got me better more than actively going out and traveling and meeting different scenes and playing people that I never played before. Yeah, you can learn from your locals and you can you can learn a lot sure. from your locals, but trust me, when you when you finally go out to a major. That's and not just CEO because mm-hmm. that's a that's a big Florida law. That's really a big Florida is. regional. Yeah. Talking to, when you go to a major, like some of the, some people went to SmashCon, and I said, I really hope I want them to do good, mm-hmm. right? But I said I really hope they understand the like the truth of like this is what majors are like. This is what it means to actually be like to play at like mm-hmm. professional level, and um, yeah, I think. You know, that's a little bit of a tangent, but I feel that if we have less locals, we'll have more stacked locals, and then the drive will be higher, yep. and that drive will push more people to be like, hey, you know what, let's take it to the next level. Let's take it up a notch. Yeah, definitely something to consider for the next season coming up at the end of this month. I'll definitely bring it up and share with everyone and see if anyone has a change of heart, maybe reference, you know, these VODs and stuff, see if anyone feels the same way, because that's definitely something I heavily argue for, but I was way outvoted on. Um, but you know, we've had eight months of data now coming up on nine. So we'll see. Definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely want to see what we can do. Like if I can be a fly on the wall on mm-hmm. whatever conversation happens there, I think, uh, we would stand to improve if we, if we put 40% of the effort that we put into making sure we have all the locals we have at the levels and production that we have at the locals mm-hmm. that we have. And if we put 40% of that effort instead into getting five of our best players or five of our players to go to a national every single month, like and mm-hmm. whatever strategies we would have to implement as a community to make that happen more often. Like, I think we would all benefit. A hundred percent. More so than pushing locals. And that's actually the same conclusion that I've come to, like coming back from like SmashCon. A couple of things about that is just like, I realize that you're not going to improve at such a scale if you're just going to locals as much as, and that's the only focus. Uh, you're playing the same people oftentimes. Um, or just watching the same matches oftentimes. And like, I literally probably would be playing Brawler for another six months if I didn't go to SmashCon this year. Absolutely. Like it, like, it blue-pilled me. 
or red pills me. Whatever the, the one that shows you the truth is. I think it's the blue pill, right? No, it's the red one. It's the red it's one. The red, oh, you can't, you can't oh get blue pills. So, 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 so anyway, like, yeah. SmashCon was, my SmashCon bracket was my red pill. Like, my, I was playing me brawler only, and I literally had Kazuya Mishima into Little Mac into Pac-Man into Min Min. Like, what? that was my bracket. And so I'm, I'm good. That's a good process. That. And, wow. Wow. Yep. I am so sorry. Yeah. But if I didn't go to the national, I'd be like, oh, bro, I'd still have hope. You know, right. like a fool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like, you go from increment. Yeah, I guess to tie, it, to tie it all up, it's like, you go from those, local, locally, you, you can grow incrementally. Yeah. Traveling, you can grow exponentially. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way you got to, I think that's the way these people, the players in the region, if they want to, if you want to get better, mm-hmm. you got to, you really got to look towards, yeah. like, you have to be trying to your best to play with some of the best. You don't get those opportunities all the time exactly. here in your region. You need to play with your best, with those people. You need to ask them questions. Uh, you need to ask them questions because you can. Some of them may not give you the time, but some of them will just, or will genuinely like give you that info. When we have a top player come out, MVD, Mew Days, mm-hmm. when we have them come out, yeah, like, yeah, they're big, they're longtime homies of mine. Sure. Of course, I'm gonna, I'm gonna naturally hang out with them. But I'm using that opportunity to pick their brains. I'm using that opportunity. Wait, how can I, how can I get better at this, 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 that? Because it's not often that we get that opportunity. And right. honestly, like, if your goal, only if your goal is you want to be the best player you can possibly be, mm-hmm. then that is the next step for so many of us. And I think me and Jeff have had the conversation in the past yep. where there's a couple players, uh, like I think me, Dominator, me, Dominator, Riku, uh, J-Mafia. Uh, like, there's multiple players that if they just traveled, I know we all can't, you, yeah. but if we traveled, trust me when I say we would be making waves. 100%. The way I look at it, you know, everyone's got a skill floor in that skill ceiling. Skill ceiling is your theory. Skill floor is your execution. Uh, at a local level, you can play the same people every week. You can VOD review it all you want. Learn, uh, like, think about the ins and outs of that matchup, that player, et cetera, da 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 da. But in the grand scheme of things, your execution is only being checked as far as your opponents are. And if you're all playing each other all the time, you have no way to grow because you're equal. You're just going to stay here. You have to travel to get your ass beat by them top players to go, oh, he clapped me in disadvantage. I need to work on this and practice it against them. Oh, uh, this other player, advantage state wasn't good enough and keep working up the bottom to reach out all that theory you've been practicing at a local level. Yeah. There's no way to do it at home unless you're grinding like Wi-Fi and this game's terrible Wi-Fi. So oh, yeah. Yeah, I, there's yeah. no way. Ask me. I, would say, I would say there's like uh, two other benefits too that's like one there's grabbing a top player and like picking their brain and getting beat mm-hmm. by them. That's like one method that like, okay, you go to a gym and you get like a trainer to come sure. sit down with you. Like that's the benefit there. But then there's also just like, if you try to like own a station or a setup sure. at a national and you're just like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to win until I lose kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And you're able to do that for two hours or three hours. Like you're going through 15, 20 players. Like, and they're all like people you don't know, mm-hmm. people that aren't in new your matchups, it new matter habits. If they're top players of their region or not. Mm-hmm. The, it, as long as long as the majority of them aren't the locals of the place that you went to, then that means that they are players that are committed enough and invested enough in their ability to travel somewhere to get better. 
you're going to get a different level of practice from 18 slightly above average players doing that mm -hmm. than even playing the same 10 PR players from your region another at another weekly. 100%. Yeah. Even yeah. if they're worse than them. It's, and then, yeah. that's like the real, that, that is the real skill set of going to a national is how well can you handle a lot of random BS? And then once you answer that question, only then is the question of how well can you handle a PGR player? Exactly. Because you have to like get to them first mm -hmm. before it matters how good you are versus them. Wait till people figure out that different regions have different styles of play. Yeah. Oh man. I can't wait for Neo to come. It's gonna be. Yeah. Uh, Neo for let's yeah, say Miami is gonna be amazing. I'm housing. Yeah. Oh, for, a week. for a week. Isn't Tarek also coming for like a week? Uh, Tarek's looking to come over as well. Yes, Bro. I know he's just looking for housing at the moment. I can't how. Tarek, Tarek the, the, the Greninja from from Europe. Okay. Greninja Kazuya. He almost top eight at Terra, so mm -hmm. it's like... He's amazing. Yeah, I really want to play him. But, yeah, oh, my God. All right, so... Question for down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you guys already um, covered, you know, both topics. Like, what are ways a casual Smash player can become competitively good? You guys already covered that one already, so... We're just on it, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so um, now, um, third topic, and that is, looking back from the launch of Smash to now, what are some things... What are some things that can be done differently? Ooh. I can start with this. Ooh. Go, go for it. Uh, for one, for personal, like the biggest aha dumb thing I've ever done was press side B with Palatina. Uh, I wish I never did that. I wish I didn't know that move existed. And I would have been really great just playing Cloud from day one and just taking the Nair nerf, taking the up air nerf and just accepting a really fast, broken character. What is her side B again? Uh, the flame. Oh, well, It went okay. into new in this game, so I was like, ooh, that's pretty. That, can you control that? That looks broken, because mm -hmm. it's like an invisible explosion that just shows up somewhere. Oh. Okay. Um, anyway, that, that aside, uh, I get distracted very easily, so, and that's why I jump around from characters and stuff. But like coming from four cloud to this cloud, it felt like it, he felt mid-tier compared to himself in four. And, and mixed with, I didn't know the jank of this game, so I was, there was just a lot of fear. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell does Inkling do? Like, what's an Incineroar? Like, like just a lot of like unknowns that I didn't know that Cloud would be able to hold his own. I was like, I gotta find the broken stuff. But uh, Cloud, especially after getting buffed, is great. But community-wise, I mean, mine is also probably really obvious. Is I think I should have just done tear breakers from like the very beginning. Yeah, toing from the beginning. Yeah. I hated playing this game. <laughs> Appreciate Lizard King Grant, my absolute goat. Got me in, had a lot of good times. Love the community, obviously. That's why I'm still here. Man, playing this game is garbage. <laughs> Regret the wasting that whole year, but it's what it is. I got my perks and benefits from it. Absolutely. Um, I think what I would have done differently, what I would have done differently, I wish back then I had a better mentality of like how to improve. It took only a it took me a lot. I don't think people like people have seen know me for a long time, and I've had a lot of ups, but I've had a, a, a whole lot of downs. And people have seen me like get like people have definitely seen me get beat up on multiple times in this game, um, where like I like failed and like I messed up or I didn't meet the mark, and it's gone. Through, I've gone through so much trial and error to try and make things work, but obviously. Through like failure, you learn. Okay, this is how you. This is how I should have done it. This is how I was supposed to do it. And it's been a lot of revisions. I still have goals I want to achieve in the game, but I do understand that since we're towards the end of the game, I could 
I have to be ready to accept that, hey, I could still achieve my goals, but it may not happen this game. It may happen in a different game, and mm -hmm. that's okay. So I wish that I had a better mentality about, about like, improvement or just better mentality in general, more ironclad. Um, as much as I love playing Lucas, I wish I didn't stick with Lucas. I wish that. It's never too late. I think where I'm at with the character, I think I'm so developed with the character itself that it would actually do be a lot worse to not use them. But now I'm picking and choosing where to use them more yeah. now that I have Sheik and she's been getting better a lot quicker. So I do think there's a way to use them. But if let's say I woke up tomorrow and it's the start of Ultimate again, Oh no! Forget Lucas. I'll just I'll go straight from the beginning with a different character that's way stronger. In the next Smash game, are you gonna test? You're gonna test out Lucas. I'm, I told myself I'm gonna test it out, and obviously I'll Be still more play, honest about I'll, it. I'll still play. It. I'll still play him for fun, but if I know that he's not a strong character, well, if I know that he's not a strong character, then I don't see myself sticking with them. However, it also depends on my goals, mm -hmm. because if my goal if my goal is to still be, I want to be one of the best players in the world then I do need to use the best options for me to do so. If my goal is to say, oh, I just want to be a, a, a Lucas prodigy or I just want to have fun, then I'll just com fully commit to Lucas. But I think more than that, I don't hate the time that I've invested in Lucas, mm -hmm. but I'm just like, hey, you know what? If I spent the, from the beginning of the, of the game with a stronger character that I enjoyed more, then... I definitely would have, I think there would have been higher peaks than what, I, what I've currently had, which I'm still happy with what I've done, but I know I could have, let me not say I could have, because you know, maybe, because there's still so much I could do. And I don't want to act like I regret the time I put in, because I still enjoyed the time I put in. But um, yeah, I think I would have been a little bit more informed. I feel like, I wish I, I knew, I know the way I like to play the game now, and back then, I didn't really know what I wanted, so I bounced from so many different characters mm -hmm. on the side just for me to invest my time into them. Some of them, like Pyramithra, I put in like a year and a half with that character, and, I'm just, and I ended up realizing, no, I don't like, the, I, I don't like their biggest flaw. It's, it's too much of a flaw for me to want to deal with it anymore. Yep. And that was, that's a year and a half of investment on a character that, uh, that it could have made a di if I would have done it on a Sheik. on Sheik earlier, yeah. then I think I would have seen a lot more a lot more consistency with it. And you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, but what can you do? Right, dude. I I literally quit Pyramithra via somebody else. Like <laughs> I, I had like three months or so on Pyramithra, and I was like, oh well, it doesn't matter if you get gimped. You just got to outplayer them that much more where she's broken, and then. You get gimped once, but you out character them for three stocks, it's okay. <clears throat> and then I just watched what Chunky Kong did to Cosmos, and I was like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> and I never, after, after watching that set, I didn't pick her in another friendly. Like, Question, what Kong? did he do? Oh, it's just Donkey Kong. Yeah. And oh, then, yeah, I forgot. And then, like, um, he literally, like, just grab the, dropping the, was yeah, just so broken. The, the, the combos and the plat drop, mm. whatever. The thing that got me was, she, she was at 50%, 56%, something like that, where she got grabbed at the ledge at 56%, and Donkey Kong said, hey, we're going for a ride. It takes her on the back, jumps off stage, trucks her off stage, and 
it's not that she then got edge guarded. She could not make it back. Oh. Like she, she did not get far enough back to the stage. And then like the next stock was a similar shenanigans off stage where she got tapped the wrong way and then also died below 30, 40%. Oh my. And it was like within like 30, 40 seconds, like both of those things happened. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm not like, I had Gamal coming up. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not going to go fly to Canada to use a back, like my back foot on Aegis and then have that happen to me to lose the set after spending hundreds of dollars and hours to go somewhere. People, people keep asking me why I think that character is not top one. I don't think they're no. like top ten. That's just me. Okay, okay. Now, uh, slow no, down. <laughs> I, slow I, down, Buzz. We, we don't I, need to get that my, crazy. My, my, my rule for it is like in a game where the first words in the tutorial are "you must recover." That is an important rule. And if Crom had Roy Zuppi, he'd be top five. Like if Crom would go from where he is to being top five with Roy Zuppi, then the same has to hold true for Aegis to some extent. No matter how good their neutral and advantages, if they cannot recover. They are not top tier. Um, and I would put Cloud's recovery slightly above theirs because of like options. So I think like it's like Cloud, if, if, if one of them is in top 10, it's Cloud and it's a hair. And that's like the, the defining difference. Oh. It's just how much worse her recovery is. We got a question from the chat from SureHyper. SureHyper asks, can you ask them for their thoughts on Dr. Mario? Yeah. Oh. Characters slept on. I think my character's not bad. Character's really solid. I I think uh, Dr. Mario is mid-tier with a high-tier advantage in neutral, uh, with a bottom-tier disadvantage, and a bottom-tier come like a. a That character trades so well. No, 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 no. (laughs) It's very slow. You can just literally wait for all of his options. But like, but like his, uh, his, it's his disadvantage, so he can get killed really easily off stage as well and then his inability to catch up. He has to make huge plays to make up for like stock deficits, and if he doesn't make a huge play, you can just literally hold away from him most. That pill is an amazing catch-up tool. I, actually, I don't know if I agree. I actually think that character is not that bad. Mid-tier's I not think, that bad. Uh, yeah, <laughs> mid-tier is not that bad. In, in my tier list, uh, mid-tier is as low as it goes. No one's uh, worse than that. <laughs> but I do think that I think the, the best use of Dr. Mario is what we saw, what I saw from Capitancito mm. at Shine, where he used Dr. Mario as a counterpick, as a counterpick character, because that character's pill is like actually one of the hardest to deal with projectiles in the game. 100%. And the reward for hitting a pill, like you get full conversions. Oh. Um, you get full conversions off of it. He has certain tools that are like not really used, like for example, his down B has armor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, in certain scenarios, it's a combo break tool, just like Luigi does. Um, he doesn't get long string combos, but they hurt. But his, they all <laughs> do a lot of damage, and he has a lot of conversions that are just like, if you guess wrong at like sixty percent, down tilt up beat, no, ooh, just forward smash. Even just forward smash can be like, yeah, but that's just a raw call. That's yeah, on anyone. So strong. But I mean, he, he just has these little random conversions, like, like down tilt into aerial or up beat. You know, down tilt into up beat to me is like that's such a it's such a weird confirm because mm-hmm. like it doesn't look like it will hit most of the time. It doesn't, but it does. But it's <laughs> actually really good. You can it's, you can cape the ledge and two frame people and pull them onto the stage. Mm-hmm. Mario could always do, so Mario yeah. could also do doing that. Into dock. But it calls it into a dock. scramble and dock and, hitting yeah. the random hit in the scramble is going to do a lot more than the Mario who probably won't convert. Doctor Mario's might accidentally kill. Grab. Exactly. Yeah, I, I've already had my thoughts, but like, yeah, I think he is a okay character mm. to throw out against like some characters. Not past the, characters. Some characters in the metagame. Obviously, yes. 
like the top tier characters mm-hmm. he's going to struggle against. But for example, when Capitan Santito used it against Lights Fox, I thought that was a perfect pick. You know, mm. Fox has to scrap with you. You do not want to scrap with Fox. He's not, he's, with, and he's not going to camp you out. He's not going to time he, you out. He can't afford to do that. Right. Nope, and then sure. hit for hit, yeah, Fox is going to do a lot more damage to Dr. Mario. Great but um, there's a lot of instances where you're going to trade with Doc, trade as Doc against Fox, which trades with Doc are way more favorable in Doc's favor than in Fox's favor. And then there were just times that Light would just die at, like, 60%, 70%. So I do think as a counterpick character, he exists. Yeah. I think that also goes in with multiple characters in the game. Yeah. I, I, I think similar to Lucas. Like, I think they're probably both low, high, high, mid, whatever. But the fact that they're only really a counterpick character makes them less valuable, even though they're technically strong in, like, the respective areas. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, so it's funny. There's, like, a list of counterpick characters. Yeah. Then there's counterpick characters that with high... With if you can hit the execution mm-hmm. for them, then they are incredibly good meta anti meta picks. Sure, but it's more than likely not worth picking up. I think mm-hmm. I think Lucas is there, yeah. but I also think meta another Knight. character. I think Meta Knight is there. <laughs> yeah, he is so hard to consistently work with. He's but very anti meta. If you are good with Meta Knight. Then Luca Cheeto's insane. <laughs> he's very good. If he traveled and actually went to locals on a regular basis, he would he would if turn Manor, into if something. Manor, he's very if, very if, good. If Manor didn't have dimensional cape the way that it is, he'd struggle. I think. Well, he does got it. So <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but it's like it's like his tool for like zoning and stuff. For yeah, I actually don't even think that dimensional cape's that crazy. I think it's like yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty it, good. It's not bad. Yeah, the fact that he can like land with no lag. Mm-hmm. That's like okay, cool. But I think that. I think like his tools, like his nair being stronger. Um, I feel like his up tilt is a much better anti air and like better at setting up into death combos. Hmm. Um, the hardest thing for him is the inc- side B. Side B as a, like a, as an edge guarding tool is you actually very good. Thing where yes, you, you, I, can, you can kill people at zero. There's a certain side beat that you can do where you drag someone off the ledge. Uh, the dragon, and, and you force a bounce off to them. Yeah, you pull them down and. Then you pop back up and grab a ledge, mm-hmm. but there's certain distances where you hit them down and they get semi-spiked instead of the strong hit. The strong mm-hmm. hit would send them up. And it gets that elevated blast zone that kills them die. at zero. Yeah, they just it works. Die. On, it works on every character in the game, and it's just like, <laughs> yeah, that's really good. The problem is you're not hitting that. <laughs> how how the ledge, are you hitting that? Mm-hmm. And that's where the this is where this is why they're not a relevant they're they're not a relevant meta like anti-meta pick, mm-hmm. but. I do think that if we're going to go back to the conversation, like I think Doc, surprisingly, I would actually put him as like a normal, as a normal, as a normal counterpick character. Mm. He's not too difficult to pick up. Uh, yeah, he's gonna have his recovery, but like if you are a fundamentally sound player, it is actually very. It's not hard to make no. him work, you know. Um, and yeah, yeah, sure, Hyper. Like and I see, sure, Hyper's been playing Doc a lot. And I know he kind of wants to make he kind of wants to make Doc work. I think if you want to play Doc as your as like a counterpick character, Wolf then definitely Doc. go ahead and do it because he showed up. He showed us a, he's been showing us a rock that like he can he can beat most people. He had a very close set with Dom, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, oh well, hold up. Not, not the Mario. Yo, Balls Grab be making decent runs in I Tampa played, yeah. and at I majors played, using I, that Doc counterpick. I played with Balls, yeah. That shit's really strong. <laughs> Fine, I'll try it. 
Like, that's like, not what you're supposed to take from no, this, but not, that, okay. that, that was, that, that's I, literally that was like, not at all. That's clearly the opposite, but you know, go off. <laughs> all right. Next topic um, is what lessons can players within the community can learn after the fallout of Panda and Smash World Tour? Ew. Oh, goodness. Ooh, I got thoughts on this. This is something Before. I even know about. Um. Okay. So, mind you, everything I keep... There's a lot of speculation. Nintendo ninjas are uh, kicking in. I think the stream lagging. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Oh, there we go. That's back. There, so keep in mind, a lot of the things that happen behind the scenes, that's speculation. I can't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna act like I know everything that happened to me because that's, my brother, I'm not reading all that. But um, I think the biggest lesson I learned from it all is like the scene kind of continues to hurt itself. Um, you know, with the whole thing with Dr. Allen, uh, Dr. Allen, you know, I'm not gonna act like he didn't do anything wrong because he did do things mm -hmm. wrong. But when I would read up on the situation, I'm just like, okay, it's, some of this is wrong, but he's not entirely wrong about, about certain things. For example, uh, them wanting to partner with BTS. Mm -hmm. Well, I know BTS said no because the way that he, he approached it. Sure. But what happened a couple months later, BTS shut down. And now, I'm not going to speak on all that, but I think that there was some merit to what he was doing. Smash World Tour, all we heard was that they got, they, they didn't get the license for the, for the uh, event. Mm -hmm. this, this, they, this did not say that they couldn't run the event. They could have still ran it. Now, obviously, they're just being, they're being smart legal. Right. So I'm not going to fault them on that. Yes, Dr. Allen being the head of Panda was bad. It was was bad. We didn't like that. We didn't like that face. However, did we really need to get rid of Panda Global? I mean, Dr. Allen is one, one individual. Panda Global is a whole organization full of people who are who are part of the scene, who are part of the scene, mm -hmm. who I've been supporting. They had players. They had PG Stats, which is one of our biggest tools we use in all of our majors to keep up with records and stuff like that. Um, they had content. They had commentators. Com they commentators. had TOs. There was TOs, Production. They had everything. People getting paid through the scene. You know what we did? I don't know why, but we decided to cancel all of Panda, which to me, I thought to myself, hmm, don't get me wrong. Screw Dr. Allen for what he did. Mm -hmm. Do we really need to get rid of the whole org? I mean, if you looked like a month before, G2 Esports. G2 mm -hmm. Esports, their, their CEO, the whole thing with them was that they, he was buddy-buddy with Andrew Tate, controversial individual, and people called him out on it, and he was just like, I'm doubling down, I'm tripling mm -hmm. down, oh, I'm, I'm not, nah, nah, that's my boy, or whatever. Right, right, right. And... You know, through the controversial takes that were, hap were happening, G2 Esports had a very had a very like guaranteed spot in Valorant Esports franchising because they moved into a franchising mo model this year. They lost their spot in franchising. That cost them millions of dollars. So what they did with G2 Esports, all they did, the board of G2 Esports, mm -hmm. they just voted to kick him out as CEO. 
They have a new CEO now. So I'm just like, why couldn't we achieve the same thing? We didn't need to get rid of a whole org, but no, it's this idea of like, oh, one person, one person did wrong, therefore we have to, we have to punish the system. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't make any sense. And then there are other opportunities where it's like, there's more opportunities coming to Smash where I, I'll see people questioning. There was fresh, there's fresh cut, which fresh cut is still supporting stuff. But I remember there's somebody calling, calling them out because it was just like, oh, they were reusing clips from other people. Now, don't get me wrong, yeah, you don't, you want to give credit to people when they use their clips. Right. But they were just like, I don't want to support fresh cut. I'm like, I'm gonna be real, fresh cut is giving us money. Mm-hmm. We don't have a lot of money. Fresh Cut is supporting us. Uh, Coinbase. Now, don't get me wrong. Crypto's a weird. I can't go into the, the whole thing in crypto. I yeah. know nothing. Yeah. But I know it's a very touchy topic with a lot of people. Coinbase has given us weekly money in our ter- online tournaments. From what I was told, Sonics has been able to pay off a house. Yes. <laughs> through tournament winnings I mean, it alone. It's like $2,000 a week every week. $2,000 like, a week. It's been like 60, 70 weeks. I don't even know where they're at in Coinbox. Let's say he it could makes be a, years. It could have been more. Let's say he makes a 1K a week. Mm-hmm. Being able to pay off a house. I don't know often he lives in the Dominican Republic. So sure. maybe cost of living is cheaper. But like being able to pay off a house with Smash, you can't really... Like, there's not many players that are able to do that, but yeah, there is there, money there's, there's coming in. There's almost no ability to add an S to that. Exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, and then we can, like, oh, another one, HBox. Listen, I'm not a fan of HBox. I don't like it as an individual, but best believe that dude grinds for the scene. He's put so much for Ultimate. He does a lot for Ultimate, and he's not even part of the scene. It's Huantan. I also think he is part of the scene. I think saying that 100%. he's not part of the scene. I, mean, I would definitely I mean, argue like, he's part of the scene. I mean, I mean in the sense that like, he's not like, this isn't his main game. He's not even, he, yeah. he, 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 not even like his main, main focus, but he does goes above and beyond. The amount of money, events, promotional material, new players, advertising, eyes he's gotten on the game, yeah. especially through COVID. Like, he's definitely a massive reason the game's still thriving like it is. 3,000%. He, him... Uh, you know, whole Team Liquid team with Last, Coinbase, uh, CAC, like they're the ones who kept this game alive through COVID when with that netcode, it easily could have died. Easily. Should have. It probably should have. It's crazy. And you're absolutely right about the content. Like, bro, he, he started the coin, he started going box. Now he's at the point where tournaments are letting him stream on his stream because they know he will get more viewers mm-hmm. on his stream than, than their the channel. actual <laughs> channels. It's and it's like people people have been complaining about why is everything done by HBox? Yeah, like why is he bro, casting top eights? You know yeah. why are what they you, advertising him? Because he's doing them a huge service in return. Like literally. you guys don't see it as a player, maybe you're a spectator, but he's there behind the scenes and in person doing work. Definitely like, respectable. Yeah. So it's just like, and it just goes back to what I'm saying about like the scene hurts. The only thing that the biggest thing that hurts the scene is the scene itself. Yeah. It's often, it's like, we want to see change for a lot of things, but then when change comes, it's like, it, it turns people off or they're just like, oh, well, this is, things are too different or it's too different from what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And if something is bad to one person, it's bad to the whole, the whole community. And honestly, this is why I've like stopped taking part in a lot of discussions 
of like problems within the scene. Right. Because people are not that informed. You can't. We have. We used to be like on smash boards, right? That's like boards. That's threads where people can make long, really thought out responses for things. Now we're on Twitter. Really thought yeah. out. I'm, I'm not really thought out. They were definitely long though. I'm just, I'm just saying it's a, it's a forum at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah, I always see Smash Boards was a cesspool. It was a cesspool. That's not. That's it was not a cesspool. Let, let, me, let me let me not let me not lie too much. I could cancel but, half the community off Smash Boards alone. He can he can yeah. cancel himself. <laughs> no, I'm safe. I don't believe that. Anyways, um, but point is, if we had I never dropped an F bomb in my life. But, but point is, I think if we had something like that in our current state, I think a lot of the problems we had would kind of be avoided. But that aside, but now we have Twitter. Which you're limited to 280 characters, I think, and that is not much. That's not much of a way for you to get your point across. Yeah, you could make a thread. People are not reading your threads. No, not pe people are not reading your threads at all. So then it's just like, oh, so a lot of people's intentions get lost. Mm -hmm. Get lost in these tweets, and then people want, and then it's just like, oh, well. You just assumed what I said off of what I what I typed, and then it becomes this whole thing where people get misconstrued, and some people get canceled for no reason. Some people get canceled for no reason. Not everybody. Some people sure. deserve to get yes. canceled. But a lot of just uh, low-key illiterate and don't know how to defend themselves or describe what they're talking about, and they just make things worse for themselves. And that's why I never interact on Twitter. People at me all the time for certain things, whatever. I just don't interact. I'm like, if you want a genuine response, you can DM me where I can long form, explain, et cetera. Like, I'm not doing 200 <laughs> character limit responses to yeah, whatever issue. Debate, yeah. yeah, like, I, I'm just not. You can DM me. That's oh it. Oh, my God. We should have real debates, but you have character limits. <clears throat> oh, bro. 50-word debate, you're, go. You're only allowed to, to post your responses on Twitter. That's crazy. <laughs> no one's gonna make it out of life. That's that's insane. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's my that's my old, honestly biggest takeaway from the panda the panda Smash World Tour situation. And with that, like people don't realize that you know even though we didn't like about the panda thing, sure, we could have still done the panda cup. That was still Nintendo's first like. Hey, we're actually involved in this, right? And I don't think people understand that now that people decided not to go to that. Mm. What is Nintendo going to think about about like working with trying to again? Like trying to invest again? They're probably and and that's like, yeah. I mean, sure, we could just keep doing it grassroots, right. but I feel like it could have potentially been a step in the right direction. And if you want to get that same partnership again, I don't see that happening until we get a new game, right? So I will say, though, to backtrack and talk on both those points, the difference between the Panda situation and G2s was definitely the social media response. So like you said, for G2 and stuff, everything that Carlos said was from Carlos, you know, the CEO. Right, right. And then, you know, obviously the eSports org itself had its response to that. Like, you know, we don't approve of this. We're looking into it, into the, you know, he's been removed from the team. Uh, with Panda situation, Dr. Allen was posting from the Panda account Oh. Doubled down on the Panda account, tripled down on the Panda account, You're right and after they ended up removing him, they never apologized or removed those posts where he doubled and tripled down. So for a lot of the uninformed, they're just seeing that, you know, well, they keep doubling down protecting him, like the whole org's got to go, even though it does not represent the thoughts of the whole org, the social media team, the TOs, anyone, you know? 
And I think that's just very unfortunate. Again, hindsight's 2020. I don't know if they had a board, didn't have a board. He went over the board, whatever, but they he definitely didn't go overboard. They definitely, as a team, folded on that part of, you know, once they made a call to action, removed him and such, they did not take the right steps to, I think, remove and um, sort of rectify, kind of like reprimand, rectify, like the things that he said. They kind of just said like, oh yeah, like we removed him. He didn't do anything wrong. We removed him. It's just like that left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And I think yeah, that's, that's why we, community perception turned on the org as a whole it, instead it of just make, him. It does make a huge difference. So you're, you mm. are right about that. Like I said, yeah. not, not that they deserved it, but that's why I believe it, what happened happened. I feel like if we, and I feel like, because right after that, we saw one VG boot camp is like hurting on funds. And mm-hmm. then obviously we, have, we haven't had a ma- major from them since in a long time right. because they can't afford to. Um, BTS is shut down. Um, and, stuff. and there was like a little bit of time earlier this year where people kind of, I feel like there was like a little bit of time where we were kind of like, we don't really know what's going on with the game. We don't really know what's going on with the community. Is the game dying? It's half not. Of best, half of our best players were getting canceled all at the same time. Yeah. yeah that was the single most depressing summer of my life. Oh, oh, no, oh, that, oh no, that's some. Oh. I didn't know anyone like that by that point. I'd only been in the scene for a year, but I can only imagine if I was personal with people like that. That's. Dude, oh my gosh. That, <sighs> when I tell you that was like. That was worse that, to me than, than Smash World Tour and Pandacon. Oh, no, absolutely. Like, nothing will, nothing will ever compare. Because we're in a, because mind you, I'm like, in, I'm in, I was in the side bet Discord at the time. Sure. Uh, it's long since then expanded, but like, mind you, we only go there to like side bet. I'm, we only mm-hmm. like went in there to side bet on matches and whenever make somebody on the side. And then we hear like, I, I think it, what was the, I think the first one was the Captain Zack Nairo thing. Mm-hmm. And then the next one. 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 Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, it went from like, oh, this is crazy to, holy shit, we are, like, there's so much wrong in the community. When I tell you, when I, tell you I went into the Discord, just to check it out for a second, sure. there were, like, 30 people on voice chat. All of us just, like, taking information little by little. I think, I stayed up to, like, 6 a.m. listening to people, and... And I, and that day I had to like think to myself. So I call myself, I put my, so my tag is Choco on Twitter is Choco Taco FGC. Mm-hmm. I, it used to be Choco Taco SSB, but I don't, even though I'm a Smash player, I don't put Smash in my tags or anything because I, a, there's a really bad connotation with yeah. being a Smash player. And I had to, and I literally had to think to myself, do I really want to keep competing in a game like this where all these people are doing these things? Mm. Now, naturally, I still suck around because I still love competing. Sure. And I don't think those, the situa- that summer is an, indica- is an indication of my experience in the scene. Mm. I still enjoyed my time. So I didn't, so I still kept with it. But I think ever since then, it's been like, I'm a lot more picky of who I, you know, who, of who I meet sure. within the scene itself. I am, 
I don't like show it all the time, but I'm always kind of like, I'm always aware now. I'm always like kind of looking around and I always kind of like take note of things. Um, you know, um, Vicky, big homie to us, Vicky mm-hmm. Kitty, a big, oh. big commentator. She's famous, so a lot of times people are going to come up to her. Mm. Whenever we're at an event with Vicky, like, yeah, it's not my job, but part of me is like, I got to be, be security. Yeah, 100%. I, I got to be security and like, oh, I got to watch out. Like when, when certain people like come up or people are like being a little bit weird, I'll be like, hey, look out for that and stuff like that. And I have to be like, by, not just for Vicky, but for like all the other female people I know within the scene because it's, it's scary. Right? Yeah. But even a, a step beyond the average female in the scene, yeah. you still have like, and I, and I get the segue I get this with MVD all the time like I hang out with MVD like crazy and when we're at nationals every four steps this man is getting stopped for a picture and that's fine like to be expected I'm sure Vicky's like 10 times same deal but you know sometimes it goes a step further than the picture and they start trying to hop in your conversation but that's like all buddy and that's when you flip you're like oh you know we're we're working on something we're going somewhere like sorry you know and another one is like I have to be wary about not just like the girls, but like the younger kids. Yep. Yeah, I'm I'm older and I don't naturally hang out with the younger mm-hmm. kids. But I think a good example is we went to SmashCon, sure. Virginia. Dom and Apple ended up coming in, in the Wolfpack room because they needed a, they needed room. Cool. Which is fine. Apple was like, now Apple was like was like 16 or 17 at the time. Mm-hmm. He was like, Best oh no, 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 last year when I went. And he was like. Oh, I, I just wanna. Uh, I wanna. I'm gonna walk back to. I'm gonna walk back to the to the room. And I'm just like. What do you mean you're gonna walk back? Hmm. I'm not his dad. I'm not responsible sure. for him. But the fact that they were in my room at the time, why I don't, why I don't usually room with people who are under the age of 18, mm-hmm. is because. If you're under the age of 18 and you're in the room, then I ha- then I have a mentality of I have to take you're care of you. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. looking after you. And I was just like, and I, I felt bad for Apple because I feel like he was like, damn, why is Chuck be my dad? Yeah, I was and me like babysitting that. Chunky Kong at Rise and Grind last yes, year. Yes, bro. Uh, you have to look, we have to look out for yeah. them. And I think that's, it's like, it's like the kind of a good thing that we do sure. that now. But yeah, ever since then, that's like, dynamics have changed a lot. 100%. In the mm-hmm. scene itself. I feel like with um, with that, I feel like um, if it's with people within the community that are under the age and, you know, they're going to a major or a new location for the very first time, you know, it, it would be very necessary to have someone that they're comfortable with being around. So that way other people may not try to, you know, want, you know, possibly try to take advantage of them or mislead them in the wrong way. So I think just um, for those who are younger, like, yeah, I would like someone that is a little bit older for me to like, kind of like watch my back because I may not know these social cues better than you are because, you know, you're a lot older, you've been around a, a little bit more. So you're able to look out for things that I'm not going to be aware of. No. Even just traveling around, like, like you said, like, between the venue and the, the wherever the hotel is or to go get food or lunch or it's after dark, like I'm 34 years old and my girlfriend texts me while I'm at these things, like make sure you stay with people. Like, like yeah. you know, yeah, like yeah, well, it's yeah. very real. Like, I, I mean, this isn't like directly a dangerous thing, but like I remember once when I was like, I think 18 or 19 and I went to 
uh, Clash of the Titans, mm -hmm. which was like hosted by Chia at the time, yeah, Clash okay. Tournaments, mm -hmm. uh, Brawl, and I'll, it wasn't that scary, but I'll do, I'm just never going to forget that we were, I was walking by myself like to the hotel or whatever it was, and it was like four blocks away, it wasn't anything, but it was after dark, and it was like after, I don't know, day two, so a lot of people got eliminated. And someone was so PO'd about losing, they were walking back to their hotel with a CRT, and they chucked it over a bridge. What? I like I I saw that, <laughs> and I was like, all right, these people have like, I don't know what they got, right? But yeah. I don't want to be alone with it <laughs> if I can help it. Wait, wait, you're that's like a CRT, CRT. I just thrown, Kobe'd. Yeah, yeah. that's not. That sounds more. I don't know if it was like a bridge that led to forest or another road or I don't, I don't remember. Oh my god! But that definitely happened. And yeah, that's just like, and yeah, I guess since we're older now, we we since we're, since we're older now, now we can like look at it and be like, oh, yeah, we now have to be way. More I got wary really lucky. Like, <laughs> yeah, we have to be way, way, way more wary about all of it. Um, it's also it's good to it's good to have like. The adults kind of being on top of kind of being on top of the kids but i also do pay attention to like hey you're kind of you're cool with some of them some of the younger players but maybe you're a little bit too cool <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah you're yeah. a little bit too cool like mm -hmm. calm it down a bit like, yeah yeah like, hey, i don't know maybe it's just me getting older just be like hey the world is a crazy place yeah it's a crazy yeah. place and um i would i would much rather like going forward not have a summer like that happen again where we hear so much of that because mm -hmm. like because it wasn't just smash that it happened to but it hit so hard right because some of the players were like like these were players that i like i when i was like oh i, I want to compete these are the players i watched every week or i looked up to mm -hmm. some of the people that i that got canceled were people that i had genuine conversations with i remember these i think the first ceo i met i met d1 a friend, mm. a friend, my first CEO, I hung out with some people. I met D1, had an amazing conversation with a amazing conversation with a very nice guy and stuff like that. Um, the, there's multiple players, there's multiple players I, I like knew and stuff like that. Um, one of the people that unfortunately got, yeah, assaulted mm -hmm. was somebody that I roomed with that I knew personally. Mm. So it's one of those things where it's just like, I don't wish that on anybody else. Uh, I don't want that to turn people like. There's a lot of people that have great, they, like, great aspirations for this game, and a lot of a lot of the young kids they're they're on their they're on their way to like, they're on, they're on their way to going to become the pro players eventually at some point. But uh, I don't want them to like. It's it's kind of like I want to keep them away from the evils of the world because this is uh, sure. that's what it is. But just do yeah. what you can. Yeah, I. It was hard, like. It was hard seeing things. It's, I think, okay, I'm trying to say this in a PC way, but I also have to get my feelings across. So it's like, I think there's a lot of people that have like the community first as like their, like that's their heart and is like the larger community and like whatever we can do to protect the larger community. And that is valid and probably sure. the right priority. Mm -hmm. And so when the horrible summer of what, it was 2021, yeah. whatever, uh, happened. I think it was 2020. Yeah, 2020. That's when everything okay. yeah. just went yeah. to shit. So yeah. like there were there were people that went into shock about oh no my precious community like it's tainted like this and that and yeah. while that's true and that sucks for me it was like man 
I really liked Nairo. I really liked Ally. I mm -hmm. really liked Salem. Like these are people that like I connected with on some degree when I was at events and stuff, you going knew. up through Brawl and, and sure. everything. You knew like, some of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like when I say it was like heartbreaking, it was like, man, I'm not going to be able to like communicate with these people anymore on like any meaningful basis. Like yeah. it, it, they're just not going to be in my life anymore on any meaningful basis. Like even just like thinking about the gameplay that we're like losing out on, mm -hmm. right? From not being able to see Nairo take on the new Spargo or not being able to, see, like I was so looking forward to like, and like these are small issues compared to what actually happened. So like, I'll take this loss. But like, I was still like looking forward to like, Ally using Snake in this meta and not getting chain grabbed because he had chain grabbed in Brawl and like I thought Snake would be like top two, top three if Ally got his hands on him. I mean, it definitely, yeah, it <clears> definitely <throat> did. I, I think Steve would have gotten banned way faster if Salem was playing him in tournament. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, I definitely do think that a lot since a lot of them were like top players that got sure. canceled, it did hurt the meta game a lot. Right. But it also hurt a lot of the top players because a lot of the top players are. Top players are going to be are going to hang around tightly a lot of the top players yeah. and they're very tightly yeah. knit. And I think one person that definitely took a backseat from competing that I loved seeing was Void. Void, after yeah. that, he was really close to multiple people. And I remember that day, he was on stream. Like, like him and Coney were all on stream and they were like going through everything and talking about it. Bro, he was crying. I remember his face during that situation and it broke my heart, bro. I'm just like, yeah. I mean, you know, don't want to put too much of a damper on the on the mood overall, yeah. but like Void yeah. world greatest gamer. Got it well, yesterday. That's, that's my goat. He's that's in, my he's, goat. He's Number one bag. baby. He's in his bag now. Void keep doing that. Listen, pain feels passion. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That is true. Sabrick, uh, your thoughts on the whole fallout of everything, or did you already um, mention uh, I didn't really talk about it. Um I don't have a whole lot to say. <clears throat> um I guess like the two besides like the PR stuff that you talked about, sure. like the two most important things to me, one would be like, we just need better transparency. Mm -hmm. I think, I think people when they're in these crappy situations, like I understand like there are orgs and in some cases there are boards and in some mm -hmm. cases there are investors. And so like, there's like maybe some like legal limited control that you might have over what you can or can't say or put out there mm -hmm. on a whim. But like, I just think everything could have been handled on a much more human level than it was. And we would have probably all been out the other side and had our two cups if there was just like a like an arbiter or a, a mediator that sure. could like mm -hmm. like if there was like a podcast between like the people on Panda and the people on Smash World Tour and Hungrybox, for example. That'd be crazy. Like if that, yeah. if that, but, but, but but if they were just no, but like if they were just like put into a room and like Juan was given the rights to mute people or say, no, shut up, like, let this person talk and, like, get and air out all the grievances, mm -hmm. maybe that would have been, like... Like, come to a round table, don't talk, and let's just... Right, like, just it. transparency and humility, like, yeah. I think would have gone... Yeah, would have gone a long way. Um, and then the other thing, and I don't think this is necessarily a rule that we have to then, like, follow, but, like, my recommendation is if you're starting an org, and you want to be in the Smash scene, or if you're starting an org and you want to be in a different gaming scene, don't put the name of the game or any of the IP in your branding. Yes. Like, yeah. I think being called the Smash World Tour, A, is only asking for legal trouble, and B, siloing you into one game. Yeah. yeah. And, like, 100%. I just think that, I think that is, like, probably one of the bigger issues that people probably aren't seeing, is that, like, 
in order to get partnerships and like green lights and thumbs up from like these bigger orgs that we're seeking. So let's take Companies Nintendo. All, yeah. Like the thing that Nintendo cares about more than anything is IP. Nice. Yep. They don't care about the community. They care about the community as much as it impacts their IP. They care about the player base as much as it impacts their IP. Like they, they care. This is the reason why Project M and mods aren't, uh, you know, um, favored by Nintendo ever. Is because they, while 98% of the time you're going to be at a Smash tournament and maybe they want to use a mod, let's just say for Brawl, take out tripping. And like, let's just say that was the only thing. Well, that's a modded switch, and so that's no longer Smash Brothers. And and as a result, you could end up someone because we're if we allowed mods, someone could at some point mod a naked Zero Suit Samus onto the screen, and then you're at a tournament, and now that's the IP of Nintendo. Like that, they are the single, probably single most risk averse IP. Uh, uh, focused brand out of like any brand that I know of in existence. 100%. And yeah. so if, if you want to get like on Nintendo's good graces, like a, you have to like play by the rules. You have to respect the IP as much as humanly possible. And then you have to give them a better incentive to be involved with the community other than paying good players. Like there has to be like more community driven things mm -hmm. that Nintendo will care about that, isn't just a pot bonus or making sure that there are, are 50 setups instead of 40 mm -hmm. setups. Like that's not where they're definitely in the last is. two years, I believe, or a year or so, they've been getting into collegiate, uh, like esports right. officially yep. with yep. like play versus and something else they got going on in the Midwest that they started, I think only like half a year ago. They did the Nintendo Live recently and they hold Smash yep. Ultimate exhibit. They obviously still care about the game. Yes. They're putting money into it, helping people with scholarships, helping people. You know, but that's, get into how, they, that's how they're going to help but out that's the how most. they want to do it and yeah. obviously the colleges are following through and it's getting done that way whereas with Smash World Tour Panda and all it's, everyone had their own personal agenda that they wanted to weave into Nintendo and they just don't play that way Smash World Tour and uh, Panda and all the things that we like to do and put like on a pedestal is a very Americanized yes. priority Mm -hmm. The idea of we're going to find the best player and that's what our whole content is going to be. That is a very like American thing. And then like Japan and like other places, like it's the journey. It's, mm -hmm. it's the friends you made along the way and, and the, the cool experiences that you had like as the, the story. <clears throat> with, um, uh, with Chez, when Chez is like organizing like a league for Florida so we can eventually have like a Florida PR. And he's like, oh, what do we call it? And, and there was a lot of jokes on this, by the way. So, like, I'm, I'm, I'm peeling back the curtain. I was, like, involved in, in some of the... They were the worst names I've ever seen. The first <laughs> one was um, Smash Ultimate Circuit. Yeah, that sounds pretty generic. Very generic. But also, what's the acronym? Smash Ultimate SU... Suck. Okay. So, I shot them down. I said, yeah. A, bad acronym. B, you... And just smashing it. Don't use the word smash. Like, whatever you can. Okay, fine. Florida Five Ultimate Circuit. That was the next recommendation. Wait, what was it again? Florida, Florida Ultimate, Ultimate Circuit. Come on. You're <laughs> kidding me. Come on, bro. Most We're getting closer. Dead organizers, I swear. From so, suck to total flame. 
but I, I got them to come around. It's the the Florida gaming circuit, so it's. FGC, FGC. It's kind of nice. More appropriate. For yeah, and, and it's yeah. more branded on other stuff, not just Smash. All right, and then the other thing um, that I was going to mention. Oh, crap. Uh, oh, yeah. So, like, again, like, slight shameless self-promotion, but if there was ever anything that, like, Nintendo might get involved with, when it blows up, not yet, like, I could see Tear Breakers being a thing that they care about. Like, more so than, let me go support the local tournaments. It's let me yeah, just they don't care about giving money. Right. They want to create, like, advertising and promotional opportunities to get new people in the game, right. playing their IP, having a good time. Hell something yeah. that supports the community. Growth. Growth. Right. Not necessarily just filling top players' pockets. And that's all people who dip their hand in Nintendo. They care want. about ROI. Like, yeah, you have to play their game to get their returns. And in the future, with Nintendo working your event and not directly giving you money, you will find those sponsors that are willing to pay it out and had Panda they then and Smash Bros. played that route for Nintendo. a year or two, they would have gotten there. But like you said, ROI, they just wanted to see the instant return instantly, throw all the money in, get the top players happy, get top players going to their things, look at how great we are, we have everyone, and it's just, it's just not the game it's not the same. It's not the same um, business philosophy that Nintendo follows. And that's why I think... Going back to what I said earlier about the game starting to go more international, mm -hmm. I think that's what I think that I still think that's one of the biggest things that happened this year for the game, because I think if the game becomes a globally recognized thing, mm -hmm. where all of a sudden we're all like we're all traveling to different we're traveling to different regions to compete, then I think that's what gets people looking at like that gets that gets average people looking at the game. Yes. People who watch Smash are people who are diehard Smash fans, but it doesn't. It's not the casual. It's not the casual viewer. That's not the person who says, "I'm I'm bored today. What am I gonna watch on a Twitch stream?" You know? Smashy Bros. Yeah, they're, they're I want to watch Void's 100 win streak challenge. But, uh, <laughs> but, all, but all of a sudden, if you have, you know, I think the next the next like really big thing that's gonna have a lot of different talent from different regions come together is probably Watch the Throne. That's, that's going to be cool. That's going to be a big invitational, which is going to be the next kind of summit style mm -hmm. thing. But they're also doing it so that to qualify for something like that, you can't just go to U.S. majors. No, no, no. You have to go to out of region to these, to these things. So with that in mind, it's like, wait a minute. Now the, that's going to give us a lot more eyes. It's going to be multiple mm -hmm. more eyes. So I think if we continue this route of, hey, let's let's push let's make it bigger don't focus so much on like yeah we, we want to have our rankings and everything we right. want to have our strong players but they need to see the big picture if they want Nintendo to be part of the ball game they need to say if we want to if we want to we need to go I don't know if we'll ever get to that point but like the same kind of mentality they have with like mm -hmm. Valorant where Valorant is this is, the, this is everybody coming together for this we need to have that. Yeah, that's the next big step to get at least sponsors in there saying we want to pay you, pay you money. So I think Riot's fighting game is gonna go crazy because they just I'm have so such excited. a dominant control. Legends of Runeterra in the card space, League of Legends if, in the MOBA if, space, Valor in the FPS space, and the ability to just get the top players of every region, everyone's eyes from all those regions cheering on their number yep. one team, yep. franchising, getting these. And you can you know say what you want about franchising, but like even though it might 
stunt growth of certain things. Like it's to kind of like Nintendo, keep it safe, keep it by the rules. These people all agree to follow this. It's gonna work our way. That's it, and it just it works so well. So with them trying that out for Project L, you know it's gonna turn out insane. I'm I'm like uh, very confident that um, with, with the caveat that unless Nintendo comes out with a new Smash game and a competitive program sure. that they're gonna be involved with, mm -hmm. if those two things don't happen, I'm probably gonna take Project L a lot more seriously than I take Smash Brothers. Makes sense. There's just actual money <laughs> gonna be money sponsored events respect. traveling respect notoriety and good net code ranked it's, <laughs> it's another yeah. thing like at the end of the day like if you're trying to be a pro player like it sucks to go into smash and be like oh you're the money you make as a pro is it's not good most of the money you make as a professional in smash is through your personality through mm -hmm. your brand and such there's only a couple i don't think there's that many there's not that many top top players actually making sustainable sustainable wages off of like off of tournaments alone i think sonics is maybe like or even content only or even or even con like it, if i could just say content it would, there's probably 10 players maybe maybe right and that's still to your point like that's nothing that, that's nothing so like if we don't do something to bring it to a bigger scale to in, to bring in more money into the scene then naturally more and more players are just gonna not go the route of wanna be pro because we will we realize that like, hey, there's not enough money in like, it. Like, what's crazy to me, and this is what, what's kind of scary sure. about Project L and, and, and everything is like, I watch, um, you know, like say I'll turn on an MKLeo stream. Not a tournament, just practice. Right? Okay. He'll pull, Probably 700, 800 people what? to watch his like practice session. Mm -hmm. And then I turn on uh, someone I like for TFT, BoxBox. Yeah. Oh. And Fifth in the world, greatest gamer. <laughs> and uh, he's he's really good at TFT, but he's not MKLeo in mm -hmm. TFT. Like he's like not even he's like barely PGR level ish of that group. And his just playing the game, 3.5 thousand people, 4 thousand people. And you could say oh, he's probably just way more likable. Sure. But like, I'm 100% willing to bet that that's not the reason. Mm -hmm. Like, it's it's the community size, the attention, the 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 fact that if Boxbox gets good enough, and then in this season he could walk away with a million dollars. Like, there's just more. Mm -hmm. There's more on stakes. Like, for for where they get. And then yeah, he does he does compliment all the attention with really good. Yeah energy charisma variety his, streams his, dude his his, his videos that are just his games the editing that that whoever does it for his videos is amazing where like every item that gets picked up gets a little thing that shows what that item does for new players to learn what they're looking at oh that's dope if he references something a little pop-up comes up saying this is what i'm referencing like this is really thoughtful and like yeah those things help but like it's just a different pool it's just a completely different animal uh, I think that, um, I think it's also that since Smash is kind of like, Smash is kind of new to the official esports game. Sure. Like, like we're very. The Ultimate's we, definitely we, like the first we, one. Like, yeah, Smash 4 and stuff had yeah, its yeah, time. Yeah, but yeah. like, like near the end of Smash 4 was like the beginning of like, okay, this is like some real shit. And then Ultimate was like, okay, this is like we, actual, you know. Exactly. We've very much been grassroots for a long time, but the official esports have already been. Like they knew, they've already understood that like 
well, one, those other esports have a lot more money in them, but they also understood that the value is not about your results. The value is in your brand. Mm. And I think Ultimate has been the, le the lesson for so many players as to this is the reality of esports. It's all about building your brand. They you don't know how don't, many They just don't, you, you don't, they don't make content. They don't yeah, do clips, yeah, shorts, well, well, videos, well, 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 stuff. You don't understand the thing that pisses me off most because Summit was free content. Mm -hmm. Summit, Summit, if you guys don't know, literally, it's an invitational. Last four players are voted in, and it's absurd amounts of money mm -hmm. for, that people are putting in just to fly these players out that are probably going to go 0 2 not win a single game. But the amount of people they get to like, to donate to them, to support their streams so, so they can get people to donate, so they can, <coughs> so they can make it into Summit in Vodans. I'm like, you got, you got like oh, 500 people in your stream mm -hmm. and you're the worst DK I've ever seen. But you're still here. No, there were no DKs. But you're the like you're the you're one of the worst players I've ever seen. But you're still here, and you can and you're gonna be able to go to Summit. Now that you now that you're going to Summit, do something. Just do something with that following you just built. Summit is literally the opportunity for everybody to see this is you. Because Summit also has events that are outside mm -hmm. of the actual tournament itself, and there's a lot of things that show off your personality. Stuff they do like the that. skits and stuff that are planned for you. They have like side events, like you know, Mute Ace won like the drawing contest, like Ken Smasher's paint. Like yeah. just, but that's all organized by the event. He's saying yeah. like yeah. the players. Well, no, no, he, he, he made content off he, that too. He like can, he, he turned that make... into a video that got a lot of traction. Exactly, and then it's just one of those things where it's just like, like I think the only player to me that went to that, that like, actively went to Summit. Mm -hmm. Only a couple players that actually went to Summit and did something with the followings they got were Boyd and Aaron. Mm. They were the only ones that said, "We're gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push my brand further." Yoni, actually, I don't think Yoni got—he never got into Summit. No, I'm not. He, he got into the Invitational. But point is, it's like, uh, point is, it's like, there's so many players that got invited in that, oh, they disappeared. Yeah. No hate on him. What happened to Lavish? Nobody, where, where did he go? Adamus went to one. He said, oh, sheesh. I'm, I'm that DDD. I beat Dark Wizzy. He's, he's gone. I don't know. I, I, have no, I, I haven't, haven't heard about him I since that summit. I haven't seen him since that summit. Yeah, he hasn't. He's and, and yeah, he's busy. Life happens. But like, and I know not everybody's gonna, not everybody has the, the want to be the biggest, the next biggest and greatest thing. Not everybody has the want to be a social media master. But those who are just complaining about like your viewers, like complaining about their viewers or they're like, oh, I'm not as popular and stuff like that as the other smashers. It's just like, what did you do when you had that opportunity? Bro, if I got voted into Summit, I don't care if I went 06. <laughs> I'm, full, I'm a full-time content creator then. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'll go to Summit, I'm filming five videos. Yeah. My, Practice my, sessions my, with the other players, my, my, personal skits, the, you know, beyond the Summit skits, you know, my time there, the I'm travel. Gonna, I'm going like to Iron so Man Invitational. Let's see. Yeah, let's right? See if I can, let's see how many stocks I can take. Here's my stock counter. It's so crazy. So, going back to it all, Smash players need to understand that the brand is everything. Yes, the results, if you get your results, 
Bonus. Naturally, it's easy. It's yeah. way easier to get the following. I did well with Lucas early on, with uh, early on in Ultimate, and from there, I got a lot of people. Some people still say I'm the best Lucas. Mm. I'm not the best Lucas. I haven't competed. I haven't done stuff out of region. But people still come to come to my streams and be like, I have been watching you for a long time and stuff like that. And I think going back to the earlier question of what I could have done better, I should have I should have committed to content earlier. It took, me a, it took me a lot of confidence to do it, and that's on me. But if I would have done it right after Big House, when I first popped off, people would, people would know my name yeah. all around. And that's something, hey, you live and you learn. Yeah. I, won't I won't make that Next mistake game. ever again. <laughs> I won't make that mistake ever again. So players, go be a pro player, do something. Do something like, like competing in your, in your locals and stuff like that. But when it's time, that time to pop off, when something, when you get that spark to finally like get that huge following, you need to take with that and you need to run. Mm -hmm. You need to start sprinting. Jesus Christ, I hate Smash players because yeah. they're lazy. I'm starting to see that with um, um, a couple of um, pro players, especially on the FGC side, to where they're not competing as much, but they're getting heavy into content creation because they understand that that's where the long game is at. Like, yeah, I can compete, but I'm not going to compete as heavy or I'll compete at, you know, very important events where I f where they feel like that's going to increase their brand, their value and their name. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go full on heavy on content creating and then less on competing. And I and I've Hbox. Yeah. Yeah, and I've seen it work. So like a big part of that I think is like you can't always control your results as much as you'd like to. Yeah. Right. But you can control how much content you make. Exactly. That's true. And I think the one thing that um that definitely hurts people, especially my, myself, is the fact that being consistent with it. Because you'll go through maybe one, two, three weeks, you're pushing content heavy. And then you'll go through a long drought of, all right, I'm not pushing any content because, you know, life happens. Things happen. Sure. So I think for most people, it's just that consistency. But... If you're competing consistently, then you can also create content consistently. Hell, even if you go to a local and you can get the VOD, you can start creating content just right off of that. Uh, I think, so, and this is as somebody who, like, I've been really pushing my content journey mm -hmm. as a recent. I think, I've had this conversation in the past, and I do think being able to make content takes a lot of discipline. It's not a, it's not a job it's not a job where like you're gonna have somebody on top of you telling you what to do. No, it's something that you have to motivate yourself to do. Mm -hmm. Especially and like there's some people that pop off for the majority of people, myself included. You're gonna start and you're gonna have no viewers. You're not gonna be have people watching. And with my own personal mental mental struggles, it does get hard to sometimes say. I'm gonna stream, even if it means I'm streaming to one person. It's hard not to look at the numbers. It's super hard, mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where it's just like, you have to have that discipline if this is what you want to do. Um, and I truly think that more and more people, if like, the way the content is, you're just gonna need, especially if you're gonna be a pro player, you need to do it. Mm -hmm. You cannot dream of being a pro, okay, you cannot dream of being a pro player and making that a sustainable lifestyle if you cannot afford to even make it out to the events. Yeah. Right how, like, 
how can you how can you want to be a, the top level player if you can't even like if you can't even afford to go to more than one major in a year then don't even think about being a top player just realistically sure you can save up money from your locals and stuff like that mm -hmm. but you have to figure something out make it self-sustainable uh, make it self-sustainable and the only way currently to make it self-sustainable is to make content to build your brand your brand will get you will get sponsors lined up for you mm -hmm. sponsors will help you fund those events and then all of a sudden now i got my own content money now i got my sponsor paying me stuff you perform and well here I'm and there a little well extra on top here and there i don't have to win everything mm -hmm. sheesh it's hard to beat spargo and mk leo yeah, right? consistently <laughs> but best believe i can but if I'm, but I'm if i'm getting my top eights and stuff like that if i'm getting my top 16s mm -hmm. and i'm making enough money to say say to myself then by all means and since you're traveling so much, you're gonna get better overall. It's it, it's a domino effect. It, it's gosh, it's esports is hard. Yes, yes. It but esports is. It, e is hard. But if you have the discipline as an individual to go through multiple steps, like if you could, if you can like sacrifice the time to you know make sure you're taking time to practice making sure you're time, taking time to build your brand, making sure you're making connections when it's possible. I, I swear, you have to talk to people at these majors, not just, not just people. Networking. Who, you have to. You have All to. I do when I go to events, like I'm working for like 10 to 12 hours during the day and the two hours before and after, I'm just networking, trying to talk, meet the new people, meet vendors, you know, players, whatever. It's like, it's so, so pivotal, pivotal and important to your brand and your personal growth to know everyone and for everyone to know you, but Absolutely. they just don't want to put in the yeah. time. They just want to show up, play in their pool, then like go to the room and <laughs> waste their time. H half of my motivation now for traveling isn't competing anymore. It's literally, who can I talk to that can help me take steps with tear breakers? Hmm. Like I've literally, I literally went in like the uh, game gym. Game gym. Ga Gaming uh, generations? No, 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 no. Uh, there, uh, I, I might be mis naming it but i think it was like game gym or gaming uh, something mm -hmm. like that um and it's like a, a, a they're out of tampa they're based out of tampa actually mm -hmm. and they're like for helping communities get better and facilitating growth and like different things that they can do for different gaming communities sure. um and they had a booth my favorite booth probably at SmashCon, where it was like a little tent and like a pretty like like a, imagine like a four by four and then under okay. one tent uh yeah whatever uh two by two Sorry. Um, and like stations all around the tent and you could just go there and play friendlies and then they ran little like side brackets and they offered coaching sessions with people. Like that was just their vibe. At That's their dope. It's really cool. cool. And so like, I was like, whoa, this is like right up my alley. So I like, I made friends with that guy and we got to talking and like, we're gonna like work together for future stuff. But like that, that's the whole point is like, it's, it's almost, like the bracket should be the cherry on top until you are achieving the goals of 30 top 32 or whatever your goal is for that event until you're actively reaching that the physical bracket is like a cherry like everything else about like the experience whether it's meeting people watching matches money matching and friendlies like all of that to me is more important than the bracket itself until you're the threat that you want to see in the world of course Damn. All right. I mean, sheesh, we covered most topics throughout. Um, Shout today. outs to Katie in the chat, my goat. 
Was and popping. yeah, we already covered the topic of what would it take to gain the interest of Nintendo investing in the competitive scene of Smash. Yeah. We, we already covered that. So I guess the last thing is, you know, any closing remarks that you guys have. And we'll also open up the opportunity for the next five minutes for anyone to ask any of our guests any uh, questions that they would like to, you know, know of. So now's the time. Chat, if you have any questions, go ahead and ask. And for you guys, you don't know, any closing remarks or anything that you all, you know, want to discuss, the floor is yours. Sign up for Luminosity Make Moves Miami, October 28th through 30th, start.gg slash LMMMM. Be there. I think that was one too many M's. I don't know. L M M M. Yeah, one less M. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's important. You'll figure it out. Um, I mean, I don't think I have any like upcoming events myself that I want to uh, shill out about other than the Flynn's Monthlies definitely come out next month. Uh, Tear Breakers, I'm going to be doing a season probably starting in January. Really excited about that because I'm going to really, I'm going to try really hard over the next month to incorporate uh, Central Florida so that we can have a season where we're competing against each other at the end, which is really fun. Uh, and uh, really just big thank you to, to Coldfront for everything that they do. Um, really awesome community that we have uh, growing, as you see, like every day, basically. Uh, really awesome Discord to be a part of, really awesome resources, graphics, uh, support circle, just everyone's really like awesome with each other. Uh, so just really grateful. I wanted to give everyone a shout out at Coldfront. So thank you so much, Coda. Thank you, Coldfront. Um, that's it for me. Um, I guess for me, it's been more, more of a self-plug. Uh, I, as I said, I have been pushing myself as a player and a content creator. Uh, so definitely, if you guys like anything that I talked about here, if you like my play, um, definitely show some support on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ChocoTacoFGC. I'm also on YouTube, ChocoTacoFGC as well. Uh, I'm slow on YouTube videos, but I am pushing those out. And um, yeah, I'm trying my best to get out, get out there. I want to make content creation something that I do. I want to be the best player that I can be. Y'all have, have been seeing me. I've been going on as many locals as I possibly can. Uh, I know I'm grinding here, grinding a lot with Lucas and Sheik. And although I'm hitting a lot of rough patches here and there, it's starting to come together. And I do want to take it to the next step. Um, if there's any local sponsors, if there's any like sponsors that like are looking for a player to support, just know that I am trying to represent y'all. Money's tight, so I can't go to all every major. So if I, if a sponsor is looking to have somebody like, if they're looking to support somebody to get them out there, just know that I will be out there to make sure to deliver. You know. Gotcha. All right, I got two questions from Herbs787. Mm -hmm. uh, first question, if Smash Bros. never existed, what other game would you compete in? God, I've thought about this a lot. <laughs> I actually don't know what my life would be like. Oh, wow. Like, I've just been playing since high school at this, like, competitive level that, like, that's basically half my life at this point. More than half of my conscious life. My goodness. You know, like, I don't honestly know. But uh, if it wasn't Smash... Was there anything that even came close? Oh, because I remember I grew up playing Smash 64 and then Smash Melee. There's no, during that time, there was like no other game, fighting no, game that was wasn't. closely to it. I'm not even trying to th like think past fighting games. Like, okay, I started playing League in college, like everyone like did when it came out. Like, 
I had a few friends that I played with and I liked it, but I, I don't know that I would ever have taken it like to any extreme degree. Yeah. The, the best thing I could say is maybe Street Fighter. Like I, that's probably the closest bet I could take, but I, I, I don't even know. Yeah, pre-Smash, I competed in League, Hearthstone, Rocket League, CSGO. Like, I was oh definitely multi-genre. I'd, I'd probably be a card, a card player. Yeah, I'd probably cards. be like Hearthstone, Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, I mean, Smash was only a year for me, so it didn't really stop me from competing in anything. So, personally, it <laughs> didn't change it, much for it me. It stopped me from playing general games for a while. This <laughs> is just a one-year break. Like, I didn't really lose anything from it. As far as what's next, kind of busy. Gamers heaven. Too busy to pick up any games right now that are new and compete like Street Fighter, but when Project L comes out, I might have to make some time. And I want to like give a fighting game a good chance because I feel like Smash was my first fighting game. I didn't really take it that far. It was only a year. Kind of dropped it. But if Project L is fun enough, I'm down to give a fighting game like a legitimate chance. And when me and Arrow does Duel, it's, it's happening. Ooh, I'd be down. I, I, I might have like been a speedrunner in another life, to be honest. I did speedrun. Celeste was fun. I used to speedrun that. Super Mario Bros. 2. That's a good game. Very fun. Um, it's tough because I feel like for me, like I got into competitive Smash on like a whim. Like mm -hmm. I just like I I learned when Smash 3DS was coming out. That's when I learned about the competitive scene, and then I followed for like two years before I even competed. And through the competitive scene, mm -hmm. it gave me an interest in fighting games. And then I went into like other games. Like I learned Pokémon, I learned Rivals of Aether. Oh wow. I learned Grand Blue Fantasy Versus. Uh, I think the only other game that I could have competed in if Smash was never a thing, Smash was never a thing is maybe Street Fighter V. I like Street Fighter V. My only thing is like I don't know if I would have met the people that would have like gave me more information, like gave me the information or tools to know about the FGC. Mm. Or, but I probably would have gotten into Street Fighter and then I probably wouldn't have started in 2016. I probably would have started like later. Uh, but yeah, that's my biggest guess. It's hard to say. Okay. Second question from Herbs. If they ever make another Smash Bros installment, what changes would you like to see? No buffer, wave dashing. I'd consider giving it a legitimate chance. Uh, just play melee. Melee's fun. I, I play but melee. What if casually, we want melee with eighty characters? I ultimate, but I don't. Yeah, I, don't I do. Melee. That's exactly what I would love. That's I would give that a good try. That eighty characters. Listen, man, I don't want eighty characters anymore. I'm tired. No, that's actually one of my biggest gripes. Mm -hmm. ultimate, I, I, actually, I, there's too many characters. It's in too the game. much. Um, it's too, it's unrealistic. It's it, it like wavers your ability to be consistent, <laughs> even if you're a consistent player. Imagine having, dude, I, I play Street Fighter. I'm like, I only have like 16 characters to deal with. That's so easy. It's like three yeah. archetypes. That's like, general. It's just gotta, <laughs> like it's so easy to know all the information for all these characters, but 80 freaking characters. Unique. It's just it's so and like not only that the game is the way that the game is. Did you have to consider DI and Getting SDI dense. and weights. boxes and weights and stuff like that? Recovery. There's so much more inconsistencies in micro interactions. I'll, bro. Whole ass mechanics. Yo, imagine, imagine like, I'm playing like Street Fighter. I'm like, I just have to remember one combo in this one situation. That's so easy. My Kimberly combo, I can hit it every single time. It's, is, but, there, is there any Street Fighter character with a unique mechanic or no? 
mechanic, uh, like charging fart or building a special meter. Uh, or so Jamie the, has drink meter. Manon has medals. Yeah. Each command grab she gets, it, it will make her command make grab stronger. Yeah. Uh, stronger. That's cool. Uh, like, um, Jamie so takes drinks to unlock. Like every time he takes a drink, he gets new moves. And once he gets four drinks, he gets much faster frame data. Like. Uh, better recovery on whiff, like new moves. Just like real alcohol. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure not, nothing gimmicky to the extent of like limit meter, foresight, nothing like that, no. Yeah, Rashid has Airstream where it changes the properties of his moves. If he like, certain moves will create an air, will create like a tornado. And if that tornado is out, then you can like change the safety of certain moves and the properties. He may go fast, he'll move faster. Uh, in during that during that instance stuff like that, um, there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of little mechanics and like there's even there was even more in like Street Fighter Five. Mm-hmm. Um, G G had a presidency level. I forgot what it did, but he had like a presidency level. Mm-hmm. Um, what was a well? Let's get back to the question really yeah. quick. So, so some things that I might change like on a, I guess, a mechanical level of what the game would be like, would be like, well, less characters, like generally that's good. I would say 32 max, maybe? 50 max. 50? Okay. 50, 50 max. 50's with, e- with echoes, 50 max. Okay. Um, but I would, uh, I wanna, uh, this might be controversial, I wanna get rid of ledge trumping. Like I really, really don't like ledge trumping. And I- Ledge hogging. I want ledge hogging. I want ledge hogging. See, he wants melee HD too, man. No, like, but it, no, no, the, the, per- the perfect blend is PM. Like PM to me, mm-hmm. PM to me was the, the, the best mechanically sound Smash game in terms of like feeling out the game and like everything that it, it had incorporated from Brawl and Melee, that, things that I liked and like. <clears throat> so, so I would say like take out edge trumping, put in edge hogging let yourself be able to gimp a general person because you used all their resources mm-hmm. and they had to up it and you were able to grab the ledge. It'll even out a lot of the okay. the top tiers recoveries ability and like let you like oh, gimp shit. rob potentially. Yeah. Like who knows? Because uh, if you're grabbing ledge and they can't grab ledge, they have to go around you and suddenly you can like ledge hop back your rob for going mm-hmm. around you. Like, Catch their there air would dodges. Be things you Goofy can do. ass character like I, Ness. I... I don't mind ledge trumping. Mm. I think it's. I think adding a new mix-up to the ledge is not bad. I just hate how there's no value to it in this game because of diing. You can di the trump mm-hmm. now, and I'm just like, if you're gonna have, like, it's already a read all on, or nothing. It's, it's already yeah. a read on somebody holding the ledge. Right. So, I think if they, I wouldn't mind if they did edge hogging. Personally, I want them to revert trumping back to the way it was in Smash Four because I actually thought that was a pretty good mechanic. A pretty good mechanic. It's annoying because some people, if you got ledge trumped by some characters, heh, GGs. But you're on the ledge. You're that's a corner. Mm-hmm. You should be. You should be punished hard for having gotten wrong. there in the first place. Having yeah. gotten there in the first place. You know, your advantage state should be a lot more profound. Um, I want the. I kind of want to want them to get rid of um, the the body blocking. I think body blocking. It yeah. was okay at first, but there's too many weird inconsistencies. The corner feels it, fucking horrible. Yes. So like body blocking uh, in, the, in the game, you can't you can't go through characters anymore. Can't, you can't. You, you, can't, run, can. you can't. You can't run through. You can't run through characters. Some characters can in some situations. Okay, that makes but more like, sense. But like, it's it's broken. <laughs> it, 
it created this weird inter- like you can't dash past people so okay. when you're in the corner it's way harder to get out but then it also creates situations where like oh a character's move didn't hit or a character didn't move where i wanted to go because they got body blocked how about grabbing to win grabbing can push people away like in certain instances where it now whiffed um yeah um i know that a so you brought up the chunky concert earlier well there was a time where he knocked the cosmos off stage mm-hmm. and he tried to side me to the ledge the reason why he didn't make it back in one of those situations because Junkie jumped out and it bought him. Yeah, he just walked yep. into him. He didn't even oh, throw a it, move. It pushed him away from the It pushed him away. And I'm just like, I mean, like, cool, good awareness on Junkie there. But, like, body blocking is, like, a really upsetting and toxic, toxic situation. And then it gets so annoying, as pers- a personal guy, when, some, when you're – Expecting to be body blocked, but then they spot dodge, so you dash through them, mm-hmm. even though you are trying to stop Push right. Them. You were trying to stop either stop right in front of them, yeah. and I guess it happens a lot more since I'm chic and it's fast. But like, it's just like, bro, no, it's you know, such a such you know an what, annoying inconsistency. You know what the most messed up thing about body blocking is the gimmer tech, is the tech chase. You can body block. You're also still body blocking when you're like put into tumble and on the floor. Oh. So if you're if if you're center stage and you're put onto a tech situation where you have to roll or get up, you have to wake okay. up basically to pick an option. Yes. Um one of the options is wait, is to not do anything. <laughs> well, I can completely shit on that option by dashing into you and now I'm pushing you into you. the corner. Yeah. So rolling away from me is no longer an option. That's like it's it's it, that's the I worst actually, thing about it. They have no, to hold I actually that. haven't thought of that. Yeah, uh, okay. I mean, people incorporate into jab blocks and they're, stuff they're, like they'll jab dash, oh, jab yeah, block, yeah, or the same idea. Dash push them into it, dash out to cover rolling. Yeah, line. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen, okay, that, that makes more yeah, sense. Yeah. But like, point is, I think body blocking it could have been if it's executed a little bit better, it shouldn't interact with air state, maybe. Um, it should be only two grounded opponents that are standing still now, if anything. Now, hear me out. I don't think grabs should grab jumps. I think that's ridiculous. There are too many times You'd where You'd never I'm, get a grab if it didn't. You would never get a grab. Listen, man, I think there are so many instances. Well, it's that Street Fighter grab you, you, So, so, like, at, so yes. as, as Brawler, so like as Brawler, if I'm on no, a platform and you jump no, into no, me, I can't I, grab you? I don't, I don't care. You jump into me. I mean, a command grab is a, diff- a, command grab is a different... No, my problem. grab. No, my grab. I, if, if I'm on a platform and you just jump at me, I can't grab because you're in an air state. I just think in the first couple of frames of your jump, you shouldn't be able to get grabbed. Maybe the first couple because of frames. First couple of frames, because like, it's ridiculous. I'm like, I am in an air state. Why am I getting grabbed from the ground? There's it's, so, and well, it's more realistic, to be honest, that you can get grabbed. I mean, no. no I'm just like, listen... There. I'm just, like, I'm just like, listen, I feel like I've gotten grabbed for jumping more in this game than I did in Smash 4. And in this game, we have a universal jump squad. Everybody, has, everybody jumps at the same rate except, except for Kazuya. Ooh, frame oh. 7. Because Kazuya has a frame 7 jump squad. They made him. He needs it. Trust. Yeah. Understood. It, it trust. He needs it. But, um, yeah. It's a gripe for me. Obviously, it will never, it will never happen. But, like, I just hate getting grabbed. For jumping because the whole thing idea is like I am in the air I shouldn't be grabbed now if you're landing then and you do a bad landing then yeah you deserve to get grabbed but I dude give me the first make the first couple frames of jump grab invincible that's it that's it I'm down I'm so down for that 
Um, um, a couple other things is I would not make full hop aerials do more damage. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, it is weird. Full, if you full hop versus short hop, short hop does less damage than full hop. Huh. Interesting. And so, but that has a lot of implications. Like when you do more damage, you have more shields done. So your things are literally safer on block if you full hopped and fell with something versus short hopped. And then uh, Peach is broken because of this mechanic, not because of anything else. Because when she uses flow, when she uses flow, it considers that a full hop. Uh, so, so she can do all of her ground. shit that's on the floor that's lagless, that's just checking spots or comboing. Mm -hmm. Those are all full hop multiplied damage. Yep. So that's why she'll do four hits, but you're at 60 from four hits that's instead of dirty. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of stuff. Yeah, I do like the idea of the short hop macro. I think that's oh, a, I love that. I, I, I think it's a nice touch, but um, I also don't understand why there wasn't so. We played a mod of Smash mm -hmm. called Ultimate S for a content video, a content idea I'm doing. Look out for that later. Um, but uh, in the mod, they modded a short hop macro. And I'm like, yes. Rather than me, because like the whole thing is if you press jump and an attack at the same time, you're going to buffer a short hop. It's only going to short hop. It's only it will only short hop. And, it's, and sometimes if you want to do a frame but if you want to do a full hop aerial as fast as possible, you have to do a frame perfect full hop aerial. Oh God. Yeah. You have to like, it's just- You like, can't press a button at the same time or it's going to force you to short hop. Yes. So it has to be like, like more like that. It's like a plank of, motion. But if there was a short hop button, if I just designated my trigger L, right. to being the short hop but button, then it would you wouldn't be need much, the macro. It would be way more intuitive than just, Oh, just be more precise, which is fine. Execution goes a long way, but like, come on. I, I have two more for you in that same vein. All right, this is actually something that I do in like my first lessons with anyone toward the end. I talk about controls. Mm -hmm. I think there are two like mandatory things that I would require anyone that wants to get better at the game to do that 90% of people don't do. Uh, one is to turn, okay, 90% of people do, do turn tap jump off, of course. but they don't do it for this purpose, which I'm, I'll talk about in a second. So tap jump off is one, and then... Walking? Yeah. That's what I'm getting, getting at. Uh, and then the second one is uh, shield locking. And so th this is a little bit of a tangent, but it's, it's very related to this, and it talks about what would be more intuitive. So I make everyone turn tap jump off, not because it makes doing up tilt or other up things easier, but because walking is fucking impossible, sorry, in this game, and and walking okay. without accidentally dashing, because it's just it's so like sensitive, sensitive, okay. in like how you hold the stick, and so when you want to take a micro step, and that's like if you watch the top eight, they take micro steps to set up ledge situations or micro steps around neutral, and so if you want to take a step without accidentally dashing or turn around without accidentally dashing, you can, if you have tap jump off, press up and then slide left or right. And it will only, you, it removes the possibility of dashing. Yes. And it removes the possibility of messing up when you just want to turn around. A big example of this is I've blocked something laggy and they landed behind me. So I want to let go of shield, turn around and grab. And doing that input, if I gave any, if I gave you the controller right now, 
it would probably take you like 30 minutes to do it four times in a row. Oh, God. Or more. Dash or more. You're going, <laughs> you're to, going, dash, to, you're going to dash attack. You're going to dash grab. Even a dash grab, I would say, is a fail because that wasted frames. Like, like dashing is bad in like a lot for a lot of reasons. Okay, that's one. So, so that boils down to there should be a walk button or a walk macro. There should be something you can hold or press a certain way or go to the D-pad. There should be an option to take the D-pad away from taunts and make it walk. Like, that should be, that should be an option. I'm actually low-key down for that. So then turning around would be one button or taking a step forward would be one button. And walking is the most important thing because dashing, you lose frames for uh, the, the and, it, and it varies by character for some reason, but um, the fastest, the fastest character can act is seven frames. They can dash, if they, if they dash, it takes seven frames before they're allowed to shield. Versus if they walk, it's shielding is frame one. My goodness. And then the slowest is Robin at 16 frames. Mm. Craziness, it's a big scale. All right, so that's thing number one. Thing number two um, is, I think, and this goes in line with why buffering sucks. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I do shield locking. There's two ways to do this. One is by holding shield and special for some reason. Holding. Doing that will lock your shield. And what I mean by lock your shield is you're not allowed to roll. Like, you're, oh. like you when you hold shield and you press right, you would roll right. If you hold shield and you press down, you do a sidestep. If you hold shield and you jump, you jump out. But uh, when you lock your shield, all of those become removed. And why that's good is because A, it makes you roll or sidestep more consciously. Like it's a choice rather than a panic or an accidental buffer. Sure. Um, and B, it, uh, it lets you sh uh, tilt. You, you can, you're allowed to tilt your shield around. Oh. So you know how in Street Fighter there's highs and low mix-ups? Yes. They're in Smash, they're just less obvious uh, because shield poking is a thing. So when your shield gets smaller over time, your physical body, wherever, is yeah. exposed. And so if your shield is low and your feet are exposed and someone hits you with a low hit, even though you're blocking, you're getting hit. Ah, that makes sense. So, but you can shield, you can tilt your shield down if you notice that your low is covered and you're seeing a low move, or you can tilt it high or whatever. Like you can move That's it around. Good to know. But you can't move it around easily unless you lock your shield first, because otherwise you're just gonna roll or sidestep based on where you move the shield. Huh, that actually makes a lot more sense now. The other interesting thing about this is that you can't jump out of your shield, but you can short hop macro out of your locked shield for some reason. So even though I can't jump out of my shield, I can fair up air, back air, down air out of my shield. It's just programmed. I think the short up macro like circumnavigates the locking. I don't know. Oh, yeah, the game is annoying. <laughs> so even though you're locked in your shield and you're not allowed to jump, you still can. So it's like, it, it, it makes me play in a way where anytime I want to counter hit out of shield, I'm going to do this locking shield thing now. So that if I want to forward her out of shield, I'll never accidentally roll forward. Mm -hmm. If I want to quickly back throw with Palatina and catch someone off guard, I'll never back throw or roll back by accident before the grab comes out. Right. Like it just takes all that crap away. The way that people do it, that most people know how to do it is with special. That's like the commonly known way. But I found out this year that you can actually do it with two shield buttons. Yeah, I know. I know. And that's I the thought that good was the common one. <laughs> no, it's not. Special is more, more commonly known. Uh, and the, the reason why the two shield buttons are better is because you can it, it opens your B button up so you can do up B out of shield. Yeah. Also, well, it's much easier to do the short hop macro instead of having to flick from B well, to those. Well, so, so yes. Um, 
And I turn L to jump, and my mm -hmm. X is grab. Okay. So I take my Z, my extra grab, mm -hmm. and my Z is shield. So I have R and Z. So I'm literally like just clawing it like this whenever I want to block both buttons. I had X grab too. Until I want to roll. And then when I want to roll, I let go of one. And this is all really a long-winded way of saying there needs to be, I think shield locking should be the base state of your shield, and then there should be a button to dodge. And then that would take away all of this. Yeah. Of having to do if this. you press grab or like something. something. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, another D-pad, whatever. Uh, actually, that's... Or like the A yeah, button. That's if intuitive. You're holding shield, and if you press A, it's grab. If you press A in the I'm direction, trying to think about it's the, the roll things that I would teach a brand new player, and the two things that I'm teaching brand new players all the time are walk more or at all, and roll and sidestep less when you block something. You, even like, even like good players, you'll be you won't you'll be surprised at how many people just miss input rolls. Right, buffer mm -hmm. because buffering like, because because of the buffer system. Yeah, just remove like, it. I literally. You don't need to remove the buffer system as much. I don't like it, and it should be reduced at least. God, I actually think the whole buffer is not, the whole buffer can be good if you understand how to use yeah, it. For combos, but there are a lot of times I don't where, want to learn. I just want it gone. Hey, that's a, that, that's you. <laughs> that's me. The, the whole buffer can it be should good. be a setting. That would be amazing. Oh, certain, certain conversions literally become possible because of the that. whole buffer. Mm -hmm. Like the the inkling up throw up air. That's a that's a that's a frame perfect mm -hmm. combo. But with the whole buffer, you can just do it for free. Yeah. But like that's why I respect Fox players I, in melee. But yeah, <laughs> if they could like tone it down, that'd be good. But yeah, I think I think a dodge button. A dodge button would actually button. be pretty interesting. Dodge button and walk button. I would die for those two above everything else. For okay. for teaching the game, because like it's too free. The game has too much freedom that like it's fun to pick up, but it's not fun to master or even try to master, or even like mm. try to win. Like it's fun to play Smash. It is not fun to try to understand how to slow your character down and play it like a fighting game. Oh God. Gotcha. Spitting. Last two questions before we wrap up. Uh, Christoph Jonas asks, Sabrick, how do you plan on making tier breakers more organized and balanced? Real quick. Oh, wow. All right, well, first of all, uh, I've been lazy and I will be putting out surveys. I'll just make the commitment this week um, to get feedback from everyone so that I can incorporate as much from everyone's opinions as possible. Uh, for balance, the first thing that comes to mind is that on the drafting day, we're not going to do the seeded draft order, and it's just going to be a list of players organized by seed that anyone can pick anyone from. It should still balance itself out mm -hmm. without any like manipulation, and then it should also allow us to not get stuck picking us a lower seed before a actual higher seed. Like, like there's no reason that S Fent, no offense to anyone, but there's no reason that S Phantom should have been picked before, say, Nitty, for example. But Nitty got a low seed on the first day, so he was picked later in the draft, and it kind of messed things up. I mean, I I, I think that's very good mm -hmm. because my my whole my only thing was that. Not everybody got a first pick. And the drafting order, uh, being more Letting religious. me do logistics yeah, for that day. Yes, yeah. Just let me handle that. Love you, Cedric, but I do it for yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Let yeah. me cover that for I, you. I just like to run and break things. I understand, I, but you know, obviously, and we'll see I in the feedback and surveys, I wanted one people wanted pick. certain things. I knew how to implement them, and I get it was the first time you want to try it your way and stuff, but... It wasn't even about my have. way. It was just about making sure that it happened. Like I just sure. didn't want things to slow it down mm -hmm. or have to reschedule or have to rethink. Like I just I just wanted to go, go, go 
so I could have something, and then I knew I was just going to be making it better every season. Hmm. But yeah, you can, sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was, I, all, I, all I want to say is I, I just wanted one first pick. Yeah. <laughs> just one. My steak got, pick order would have, ooh, delicious. Yeah. Like, I, like I, I feel like I still like the team that I had because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I had a lot of new, a lot of new players. But I really felt like if I had, like, I feel like my team, although we had a lot of fun and they learned a lot, they were too new. Mm-hmm. They didn't really stand a chance to the other team. There was too, they they, they should have been spread out to other teams like with it, better players. And there were other people, and there were other captains I talked to at the event who were just like, I feel the same way, where it's just like, our te- like the teams are just too, we're just... Some teams just felt way stronger. PK basis and it's just like PK basis under God, Scruffy and Zen. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> like that's rough. But um, but yeah, I think that's a very good improvement on that. Yeah. Um, the other couple things are like um, uh, crap. What was I gonna say? Oh, I want to be more being a lot more strict on who is in the event in yes. terms of if you're if you even smell like you live out of region you're not getting into this region's tear breakers mm. like like rat no like rat came and, and dipped no not again guess who was my who was my second seed yeah Ooh. um wow. my first pick in, in that he's scene. a good player. In he the, had potential. He just he, didn't show up. He's a player. He's a good player. I asked him, "Hey, are you gonna st- are are you gonna be here for the season?" He said, "Oh yeah, I got you, bro." Ouch. And there were a couple like that. Um, another one is like uh, be more strict again with how I let people in in terms of like just general commitment and like wanting to be part of this thing. Um, we've had a few players that showed general interest, but then like when it came push come to shove, like being a captain, for example, like they didn't like, like the vibe of it or it just had other things going on or whatever. Like, and this was stuff that came up like within like one or two weeks of the season starting. So it's like, I just feel like there can be like more of like a, not a contract. Like I'm not going to sue anyone, but like, I just want there to be like, here's a form. Read it carefully. Understand what you're getting into. Sign on the bottom that you know what you're getting into. And then if you still just dip, Drop then the I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, you're yeah. not going to be in the future season. No or, legal, or, reper- or, legal or repercussions. Very, just like, you know, this at just the very isn't least, you. At the very least, you're not going to be a captain mm-hmm. in the future. Like maybe if, I don't want to refrain people sure. from trying to get better and being part of tear breakers. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not going to let certain people be captains, uh, you know, based on those types of experiences. Absolutely. Um, I feel that one thing I would like to suggest is just finding ways to involve the captains a little bit more. Yeah. I think that, uh, so I think that like, yes, it was, I do like the idea of in the crew battles, the captain's not competing because the idea is supposed to show off the players who are growing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But we ended up just being cheerleaders for our teams. So I'm just like... It's got to be an hey, all-day event. Th- th- and honestly, part of that falls on me. I got invited to staff at Evo very last minute, like two weeks before the event. I wasn't there to help Saberic organize, run, like scheme ideas it, to, it, you know, make it like a everyone-involved thing. So it kind of devolved to, hey, buddy, bracketing introductions but, on but you last second. for this I'm, I'm just, in the beginning um, of the season. Yeah, still. 100%. I suggested an exhibition, just no actual, like, 
Just bragging rights. No, just, yeah. just just a bragging rights thing. It's kind of like an Arcadian. Like, like an there should be like stuff for everyone the whole day. Yeah. So it's just like there should be something. Yeah. Everybody should have something to do. Um, I think we could have. I think another thing we could, that could have been done was because it's just people's first times doing a crew battle. We could have done like a mock crew battle earlier. Earlier, yeah. yeah. Mid just, mid-season check-in. A mid-season check-in, cool. something yeah. like that. And like little things to keep people. I, I want to do um, uh, uh, not bounties, but I want to do challenges. So every tier breaker sanctioned event, I want there to be like a specific special challenge on that event for the players that if they achieve this, they'll get bonus points for their team. We got five minutes. Oh, cool. um, a lot of stuff that uh, that we're gonna be doing to make it better, more engaging. I'm gonna shorten it to two months. There's gonna be another region involved that you're gonna be able to play against at the end of the season. Like, there's gonna be a lot of different things that I'm hoping will a spice it up, make it more balanced, and just really engaging. So, look forward to that. Okay. All right. Uh, two last questions, real quick. Uh, Perviewing Puff Pepper asks, any tips for someone trying to start taking the game more competitively? I think we've um, covered that in the beginning of the podcast, but. Um, I'll, I'll, run, I'll run it down quick. I'll run it down quickly. Um, so, focus on your movement. The game is all about movement. You got to get, you have to know how to move in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, start really looking into matchups, not just start looking at the frame data of your character. Uh, the people at the top, they're masters of their characters. Mm-hmm. They, they, can, they, they don't move. think about a single thing they're doing. They're thinking about how they're responding to what their opponent's doing. Absolutely. You got to be good at moving with your character. You got to start learning these matchups little by little. Learn the intricacies that goes a long way. Change your mentality from results focus to improvement focus. Yes. Your results, Placements yeah, cool. don't really matter. How, 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 how do I get into competitive, I oh, think was the question. How do you get How do you convert into being more competitive, right? Uh, oh, if you're just... I, I, okay, so the one I said was mostly to improve as, an, as mm-hmm. a player. If you're just trying to get in, find your way to get connected. I definitely think, if, let's say if you're in South Florida, Florida Facebook group, or South Florida Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, we, that's how we get connected. That's how we learn about where your locals are. Find your closest local. You don't have to go to every single one of them, but start getting connected with the scene. Meet people there. You're going to meet people who are on the same level as you, who will want to play with you. You, that, those people are going to keep those people are the people that are going to keep you coming back each week and if you're and if you end up liking the vibe of tournaments come back again there are more and more people who are going to all these things you're going to fight some good players there too i promise you it's worth it i i um i met someone new at the monthly on saturday i'll look up his tag later my apologies um but he actually went like four two like he went pretty far and um you know, we played, he wanted to money match me after the tournament. Like, he's just a new person, like, really. Was this a joker? No. Okay. Um, Sora. He plays Sora. Interesting. And, um, but he had, like, a really cool attitude and everything. And after, he's like, oh, by the way, uh, do you guys, like, do this, like, often? And I was like, oh, well, you know, Flynn's now monthly. We're doing this every month. He's like, oh, cool. I'll be here next month. And I was like, there's, like, other events, too, though. Like, there's a whole community and he's like and he's like what do you mean and i was like well there's gamers heaven there's rock there's this there's that mm-hmm. there, follow me on twitter i'll give you all the information there's a discord i'm like like he's like he's like he was like thanking me like he couldn't believe that this has been here the whole time you know the, he's been playing wi-fi at home the one thing <laughs> oh I'm my like, god yes yes the one thing i miss from smashboards is the fact that there was a list 
Yeah. I connected you to the you. tournaments in your area. Yes, that's how I got into. The, I uh, hate that there's no calendar right now. Yes, there's there's no visible one spot where you can see here's all the events happening in your region. Like there's needs to be. If I could take Start DG and just like have an API just auto pull it to like no, a if I could just something. no, if they could just do that, if they, they could should just have they should. a calendar feature, <laughs> it would take them a month. Mm -hmm. It's like I don't mean to sound like. I'm belittling developers, but like mm -hmm. that stuff isn't it's hard. Not. It's just a matter of them prioritizing it. Yeah. Like the calendar is the single biggest thing that the community is missing. In my opinion, you have the smash calendar for majors, games. but for local scenes, regional yeah. scenes, there's nothing. And where's it, the, where the, is the, where, where is the smash a, calendar for majors? It's a like at smash calendar on Twitter. And then they just have a whole oh, that's thing. Super yeah. visible for like, but where do you go to register? You have to find it yourself. <laughs> well, but like, where do you go to register for tournaments? Start GG. And where's all the information about where all the tournaments are happening? Start GG. So why isn't there a calendar on? Start GG. Because it's think like TOs just doing it thinklessly themselves because right. the official people won't do it themselves. Yeah. Well, yeah. Get connected with your get connected with your local scenes. You're gonna. You, you can, if you get connected with your local scenes, then from there, people will get you connected to more and more tournaments, and that's how you get in. That's how we all started. Mm -hmm. we, saw, we, wanted, we saw that there was an opportunity to play a tournament. We met people at the tournaments. They said, hey, come to our next local. And all of a sudden, now here we are years later. Yep. And last question is from Gabriel's Heaven, SoFlo. Um, what can venues do to improve the community? What venues can do to improve the community? Um, I have one, but you can go. I think ultimately just being just being cognizant of what of like the needs of the players. Um, you know, I still think some venues need to run their tournaments better because that's a need of the player, time investment. You know, you shouldn't if it's a small bracket, you shouldn't be taking four five, six hours to run it. It should be easy, efficient. A quick tournament means more time for everybody to play the game and enjoy other things. Or do what they want. If they want to leave and eat, the, leave and eat. If you want to stay and keep grinding, keep grinding. But, like, you should need to respect the player's time and, like, make it an option for them. Yes. The other thing I can think of is finding ways. Because at the end of the day, these players are the ones that are trying to try to go to the, to the majors and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Finding ways to support these players to get them out there. I still think one of the things I love that Versus did Early of Smash Four, stipends, flight, flights. The, the, sti the stipends and flights. I remember those. The the the, the verses were top six. I won oh. something from there. Uh, I got I got uh, crap. What was it? I got sent somewhere for yeah. PM. Mm -hmm. Big house. I got. I was sent to Big House where I got ninth. By the way, yeah. <laughs> top six. Top six got went to Evo. There was another one that um, I believe top eight went to went to Paragon. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, and I was in California or something like that. But point is, finding ways to, as David said earlier, finding ways to get these local players out to these big events, it, it will do so much for your local scene, mm. and your play, the players will remember that. Imagine you have an event where we, can, where we get to get flown out to the next major. Do you understand how stacked that bracket will be? There will be people from other regions coming out just so they can compete because they're like, that's a free flight. Yep. I want to go. And that is like, that is so good for these tournaments. But 
Yeah, all these locals, are, a lot of locals are just trying to focus on how do I make my local bigger than the other locals. It's not but about that. It's not about that. Take care it's, of the smaller things first, and that'll come naturally. You focus on the players at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You make it a good experience for the players. I promise you, your local will grow. Yep. Um, I, ha- I have three things. Okay. They're kind of a little important. Shotgun it, brother. Yeah, go. All right. Go. Thing number one, and I've talked about this with a couple of the TOs already, but there needs to be a scene on OBS dedicated to crowd cams and crowd mics. And the reason this is important is because for people that are on the, I'm always thinking about the bridge players, the people that are watching and not competing. So, and there's a lot of those. (laughs) And, um, And so I think one way you'll attract people to your venue and to the local community is to show them the local community, not show them two squares on a screen of two people at a time where one person ends up sometimes upset or whatever. Like, I think they need to see the hype. They need to see the energy. They need to see the the people at Rock that are in front of the giant TV there. There needs to be a, a camera at them with a live mic capturing their excitement. There needs to be something like the movie theater at Gamers Heaven. Mm-hmm. That should be a spectator area where you know there's a live mic yeah. and you go in there. You're agreeing to be on, uh, as one, on one of the scenes. And then your real hype and shit gets captured. And then the, the stream runner can just hit a button whenever something cool happens. And then suddenly mm-hmm. you're getting a huge crowd reaction. And seeing that from home will make people take the initiative, maybe not to come out and compete, but to be part of that crowd. I can make that happen. Yeah. Yes. Everyone, everyone can make yeah, it happen. I've discussed it's this with Saber before. Just like, I want to make that theater room once it's open. Okay. Definitely something to so that, that's, get going with that. That's thing number one. Um, thing number two is don't look at gaming. Don't look at the gaming industry for inspiration and how to bring people to your venue. Look at karate dojos and look at actual gyms. And actual, because that's what we are. Like when we are competing, we are working out. We are trying to improve some area of our life by beating our head against the wall or doing weight lifts, labbing, whatever. People, and this is what I always tell people is that like people that are afraid to come out to the tournaments, it's like you don't, the people think you have to be certain level to come out to tournaments when you are supposed to come out to tournaments so that you can get to a certain level. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same way you don't have to be a certain weight to go to the gym. You don't have to be a power yeah. lifter to go to the gym. You, you go you there go to, the to gym become to become a power, power lifter, lifter yeah. Or, yeah. or to lose weight. Um, and so they do things like have yoga classes. There are things you can go there and sign up for. There could be uh, um, uh, someone that's certified on Medify that you have a commitment from that will be there at every tournament. And then that person can get free Dorothy, but then everyone that's going there that's advertised that they can get an hour with said player for X discount if they come in live, whatever. Like that's just one thing. But like you can really look at the different types of events that gyms hold and the different types of positions and, and offerings that gyms and dojos offer mm-hmm. and probably copy a lot of that stuff. And then and that so so the first one is about what if someone's watching your stream, how can you get them in? That's the first one. The second one is about the people that are coming to your event, how can you keep them engaged and keep them coming out? And then the third one is going to be outreach, which is go to actual schools, go to uh, community centers, go to places where there are 1,500 15 year olds. And if you go to those places and you set up booths on career day or like with a top player on, at the booth, or if you go to those places and you post up things on their bulletin boards about events coming up and you just do that, 
you will get so many new players for every single game. Mm -hmm. And I know this works because this is what me and Nick Riddle did in high school when we wanted to host melee events and we didn't know anyone and we only had Smashboards and we said Smashboards wasn't enough to get like 50 people to show up at the time. So we went to different schools in South Florida and posted up and got permission from their whoever to put little things up and you'd get four people from each school maybe that saw that and wanted to come out. But if you're not doing that, you are not growing your scene. Like you're, you're only gonna have the, the, sorry, the hippie jumps and the, the every all the Damn. people. Like, like, <laughs> like I'm just saying, you're gonna have this cut of people that always come out and support, but that's it. And then like the scene's gonna feel like it's dying when those players take breaks. Yep. Whereas if yep. we were actively going to schools, getting permission where we can three times a year, like we would get 10 or 15, 20 new players every quarter. Like minimum, I'm convinced of it, minimum. Like, like committed players. Well said, yeah. well said. Holy smokes. Arrow, you? Nah. Nah. Yeah, all right. I mean, it's my venue asking the question. I'd be working on stuff behind the scenes all the time. Y'all see the work I put in, people oh, enjoy yeah. it, and I appreciate everyone who supports on the daily. Um, as for what's coming next, I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, like theater room, just keep getting sidetracked, but that is the thing we're gonna get one day. We're gonna have it be with you know the commentator room. mic so people can hear it, yeah. crowd mic so the stream can hear them. Um, I just recently got Corgi in a grant for a little project we're working on. Uh, info to come on that soon. Couple events, couple of technological improvements some people might remember. We'll be seeing appearing at Gamers Heaven in the next couple months. Uh, but yeah, just keep doing my thing. Keep supporting your other locals. Keep supporting us and. Yeah, not much to say there. All right. Waluigi, any closing thoughts? Uh, thank you guys once again for coming here. Thank mm -hmm. you guys to the viewers, subscribers, people who just followed, everyone who asked too many questions, gamers having so flow. Man, this was a good podcast. A lot of good quality stuff here. And I don't hear much about Smash often since I'm outside of it, and I do appreciate mm -hmm. the love and the passion you guys have for it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you for having me. Of course. Not a problem. And with that being said, thank you all. Thank you all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting sidetracked. First of all, <laughs> thank you three for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. I wanted to have the dis discussion with you guys because I feel like you three are like the most influential people within the community. And I want to have this discussion about, you know, talking about um, the competitive stuff about Smash, getting y'all inputs about it, because I know that you three have your own personal experiences sure. and point of view. So I want to have this conversation with you guys. And, you know, hey, let's see what happens, you know, in 2024. Let's see where Smash is at. And, hey, hopefully we'll have more people this time so that way we can get more of their input and, you know, continue the conversation from there. So with that being said, this has been the third part of the Smashcast and episode 83 of the South Florida Games Podcast. We are signing out. Peace. Bye.